You're listening to Football Friday Night On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with high school football scores, updates, and news by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. We're off and running for Football Friday Night. Mark Miller, well, I'm Bo Bagley in for Mark Miller. We sure miss Mark. Mark did a great job for plenty of years. (laughs) But great to be back on Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. A week seven in the borderland from now until the clock strikes zero. We have you covered. Covered with all the action from West Texas to the land of enchantment. It's a full slate of games tonight on Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm your host, Bo Bagley, alongside the hardest worker in the business, Paul McKinnon and producer Angel Munoz. We have 70 years of experience on site in the stadiums tonight. Our 600 ESPN El Paso high school football reporters are working that beat to bring you the best coverage possible. Our reporters tonight are Alex Nicholas. Steve Escajeda, Brandon Cohn, Jaime Chavez, Adrian Bronis, Joe Rodriguez, Jeremy Caranco, and J.D. Sursley. A full slate of reporters for a full slate of games. Paul, week seven is here, more than halfway through the season. Uh, it goes so fast. Can't believe how fast it goes. And it got started with a bang last night with a Thursday night win for Eastwood at the sack. Troopers are back in it. They usually win it with offense. But as you said earlier with Steve Kaplowitz on Sports Talk, they did a little bit with defense last night as well. Yeah, a little bit at the end. It, it took a while to get there. Uh, it was the offense first. Uh, Jake Chanowski running back, a couple of touchdowns. And uh, then, of course, they went to Sam Lopez, the, the quickness. Uh, five minutes left in that one. He knocks one in from 11 yards out. Eastwood takes the lead. And then, actually, a couple of stops. And the very last one, uh, D'Angelo Amaya, uh, defensive end for the Eastwood Troopers. Sacks Kevin Melendez, the Monwood quarterback, final snap of the game. They're about 30 yards away from Pater and a, and a potential go-ahead winning touchdown. So Amaya, the big man on the spot, Eastwood comes comes away with their first district win, a huge one last night. And they're right back. Speaking of District 1-6A, that puts Eastwood and Motwood now both at 1-2 and two in district. Mm-hmm. Makes almost the, all the other District 1-6A games even that more crucial and critical tonight, especially our Taco Avocat uh, schedule with our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. It's Franklin in East Lake at Cougar Stadium. Alex Nicholas on the call there. We're going to have a preview from Alex in just a moment. But five and zero East Lake, looking like the best team in the in the city. Arguably, they are against two and zero Franklin. Both teams undefeated in District One Six A. As we spoke a little bit earlier on Sports Talk, but how do you see this one kind of playing out? Yeah, I'm not sure about predictions because it's it's kind of like uh, the puncher versus uh, the boxer. Franklin's the one with all the the, the sexy pieces, you know, uh, the running back, the the receiver, the quarterback, and then you look at uh, Eastlake and they look like a bunch of plotters. Led, of course, by uh, Elijah Uribe, who's a power guy, 5'10", 180. Once he leans on you, he's going to carry you three or four yards. Looks like he's going to be the quarterback tonight, as he was a week ago as they fought their way through Pebble Hills. But you just got to love the way these guys win close games. Uh, I think they're... Their best test of the season was maybe week two against Candutillo. They went right through those guys. But again, last week against Pebble Hills, they're down going into the fourth quarter. Again, without your regular starting quarterback, Sebastian Rendon. What do they do? Drive the field, score a touchdown, come back with a surprise onside, go down the field and, and score another one. Anthony Morales, uh, I believe, on the jet sweep, as uh, our Brandon Cohn called it a week ago. So they're cagey, and they find a way to win, and, and that's the way I look at this. If this is a close game, I'm liking uh, Eastlake. If it's high scoring, 
I like the Franklin Cougars. And let's go out to Cougar Stadium and join ESPN 600 El Paso reporter Alex Nicholas at our Cisco Movers Game of the Week with a preview. Alex, take it away. Kickoff just under, or just happened, and we are officially underway 10 seconds into the ballgame. Eastlake won the toss. They deferred, so Franklin will start first in this battle of 168 powers here in 2021. Let's start off looking at the Franklin Cougars coming in the top offense in the city. Uh, 495 yards per game, averaging 231 yards on the ground. The biggest thing that I'm looking at and preparing for this is though Franklin plus seven in the turnover margin with nine takeaways from their defense. You pick your poison, just like Paul said, so many weapons on offense, starting with quarterback Cameron Bird, who's completed 67% of his passes, 1,322 yards. And right now, Miles McWhorter, who runs a big run inside uh, uh, East, excuse me, East Lake territory, McWhorter coming in, leading District 16A in, in rushing yards, 692 yards on 112 carries. And then those, those three big receivers, both Sparks, Franco Hernandez, Damon, Her- uh, Damon Hernandez, they're going to be big factors in this game as well. For the East Lake Falcons, they come in averaging 418 yards of total offense, plus two in the turnover margin, 11 takeaways led on defense by their star linebacker, Hector Hinojos. And as Paul alluded to earlier, the quarterback position is kind of the question coming into this week while talking with Coach Ruben Rodriguez before the game. It will be Sebastian Rendon, who's dealing with an injury on top of his foot, but he is expected to start today, um, completing 51% of his passes, nine touchdowns to two interceptions, which came two weeks ago. But Elijah Uribe, that's going to be the big target for the Franklin defense in the district, 16 in rushing, 684 yards, three touchdowns, 15 all-purpose yards. That Eastlake defense has been their kind of their go-to. They haven't allowed more than 14 points all season long. But right now, Franklin with a deep penetration, they're facing third down and four. From the 25 on their opening possession with 11.07 left in the opening quarter. And Franklin and East, or excuse me, Franklin and Eastlake, they are scoreless. All right, Alex, thank you very much. What a game we have tonight at Cougar Stadium between the undefeated Eastlake Falcons and the 3-2 and Franklin Cougars, both teams 2-0 and in District 1-6A. We got a lot of exciting games tonight. We'll get through that schedule in just a moment. First, we had some football earlier today, a doubleheader once again at the sack. It was Socorro and Pebble Hills, and it's a final. Pebble Hills defeats Socorro 63-0. Paul, you were at this game early on, just 6-0 Pebble Hills after the first quarter, but then they, they really got it going under uh, the head coach's son. Yeah, Marcus Torres. You're right. In fact, the first time Socorro got the football, actually marched down the field, looked look like a, you know, a competitive football team. Uh, had to try and kick a field goal, 29-yard field goal, and the ball never got any higher than my, than my waist. I don't know if anybody blocked it or it just got kicked into him, but that was Socorro's last best chance at a score. And as you said, coach's kid, the sophomore, Marcus Torres, after that. Little hitch route, breaks the tackle, goes 33 yards for a score. That's how they took that 6 nothing lead with just 42 seconds left in the uh, first quarter. He took a jet sweep, Torres again, 61 yards, got it down close. Eric Marine punched it in off right guard from a yard out to go up 13 nothing. And uh, again, uh, Torres with another uh, 13 jet sweep to the left side. That made it 27 to nothing. Going to half, uh, opening kickoff, coughed up. Socorro got the ball three plays later, fumbled it right back to Pebble Hills. Two plays later, the quarterback, the sophomore, Gael Ochoa, 86 yards, 
down the right sideline, 34 to nothing. That's all she wrote. Yeah. Even when Socorro gets a break, it's not a break that's going to be a break for long. Yeah, absolutely. So this is how District 1-6A looks right now as Pebble Hills improves to 2-1 and one in right. the district while Socorro falls to 0-3. So that puts Eastwood and Montwood both at 1-2 and two in district. You got Franklin and East Lake tonight. Loser of that game will be 2-1 and one along with Pebble Hills. And then you're looking at the late game, the, the late game of the doubleheader at the sack tonight. One and one Coronado against one and one Americas. One of those teams, as you would think, the way the season has gone, it likely be the Americas Trailblazers. They look solid, as you said. The Coronado T Birds just too young this season. So possibly one of those teams at two and one, and you still have Eastwood and Montwood kind of looking up in that district. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's what we talked about coming into the season. Six A is just going to be. Uh, well, I don't know if I can say. It. It's it, you never know what you're gonna get, and uh, I think I think last night was a great example. Uh, uh, Eastwood and Montwood, it really was a pick 'em, and for about a quarter, it looked like Montwood was the better team, and then for the last three quarters, Eastwood really took charge. Uh, they they look good to me. Uh, the receivers really catch the football in traffic. Uh, they're well schooled, and like I said, they have a nice little running back uh, uh, Tana, but. As you said, who knows what's going to happen. If Easter drops another one, maybe they're the team that's out of the playoffs. There's five teams really fighting for four spots. Pebble Hills is 2-1 and one now. A team of uh, the skilled guys, mostly sophomores. So, you know, if you're going to pick one of those, okay, maybe who's not ready to be in? It might be Pebble, but uh, at the moment, they're in the playoff hunt. And uh, Eastwood and, and, uh, and Montwood... Uh, Kind of out, or fighting to be out anyway. And Pebble surely looked good today. Winners 63 no nothing over Socorro. Some other uh, exciting games we have tonight outside of district. We have Bel Air and Andrus. Brandon Cohn, the Iceman, will be on the call for that one. Bel Air limping into this one at just 2-4 and four in the season. While the Andrus Eagles at 5-1, and one, their lone loss to the Franklin Cougars. Andrus really kind of looks like the real deal, Paul. Yeah, as long as they have Jeremiah Cooper on the offensive side and the defensive side. He had a couple of picks last week. In fact, uh, whatever the, the final was uh, against Austin, 34 to 10-ish. But then you factor in uh, at the end, Jeremiah Cooper had an interception return for a score, and Lance Bass took one back 70 yards for a score. So, so I mean, take those, those 14 points off for the defense. Anderson Austin closer than it should have been. That was a 13-7 game at half. So I'm not quite sure what what Andrus is waiting for. You know, uh, Elias Duncan, big quarterback, can throw the football. You have Jeremiah Cooper and uh, Malcolm Anderson. Uh, I don't think they're as explosive as as they want to be at the moment. Uh, curious how that that. Uh, 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 keeps going uh, through the rest of the district season. Yeah, last week, Andrus defeated Austin 34-14. I remember Jeremiah Cooper, I think, had a pair of 70 or 80-yard touchdowns in that game. Really, uh, right. really, really played well. While Belair, uh, tough game against Canateo. Belair lost 52-26, and a lot of that points kind of came at the end of the game while Canateo sat a, sat a lot of their starters. So this could be uh, an uphill battle for the Belair Highlanders. Brandon Cohn will be on the call for that one. And then an exciting district opener between Parkland and Canateo, old district rivals, renewing a little rivalry here. But Parkland limping in at 1-5, Canateo 5-1, Adrian Broadus on the call. How do you see this one at Lowenberg Stadium? It's a great question. You got to like uh, uh, Canyon Teal coming in. The things in Parkland's favor. They played a Thursday night game, uh, a stunning loss. I mean, an exciting game against Dorado. Remember the kickoff return uh, by uh, Andre Thomas as Dorado gets past Parkland. But the Matadors do get an extra day to prepare for this one. 
They haven't lost to Kenya Teo since, I think, 2016. So they kind of think, uh, hey, we're, we're better than these guys because every time we get on the field with them, you know, we beat them. But on the downside, they've only won one contest in a, in a tough non-district schedule. But, I mean, coming in with just one win, you wonder how confident you really are. And if they wind up losing this game, which is really, you would think, for the district title, you know, how does Parkland start thinking about itself going forward? Yeah, that would be tough. If, if, if it is a loss for the Parkland Matadors, they would fall to 1-6. and six, But that's why they play the game. Mm. Adrian Bronis will be on the call there. Parkland at Canateo. Another fun one. A Cotton Valley Classic, as always I like to call it. And district opener between two very, very fierce rivals. The Clint Lions and the Fabens Wildcats. Joe Rodriguez will have the call. Clint coming in 2-4 and four overall. Fabens 1-5. This is always a fun one. A lot of... I'd say Lower Valley bragging rights on the line in this game. And I know Joe Rod loves these games. The the one thing I'll say, both of these teams are on a down cycle. Fabens off a hideous 2020 COVID. You know, you don't know what these teams were going through, but couldn't win a game a season ago. San Ellie grabbed that fourth and uh, final playoff spot. Fabens has bounced back a little this year. A lot of close losses. Close loss to Pecos, 31-26. Close loss to La Mesa when they went for two after scoring a late touchdown, 13-12. You know, uh, San Angelo Lakeview gave them a decent run, 28-8 to last week. So Fabens is not great, but they're playing teams closely. And for the Clint Lions, I mean, it's week seven now, so I guess everybody's a veteran, but they replaced their entire skill set. They always run a wishbone, of course. New new quarterback, new fullback, new halfbacks, a lot of new for Clint. So so hopefully for them, trying to win their fourth straight district title, you know, things are, are starting to gel. We'll find out tonight, start a district play against Fabens. That should be a fun one at Wildcat Stadium. Kickoff just underway. We'll hear from Joe Rodriguez in just a little bit. Also, a kickoff just underway over at Excalibur Stadium. The Hanks Knights hosting the Isleta Indians. Isleta coming in at 3-3, three and three, while Hanks coming in at 1-5. and five. And then a fun one, Paul, you were talking about. El Paso High at Jefferson at Silver Fox Stadium. El Paso High, known as the Cardiac Kids huh. so much this season, while Jefferson, a big win over Irvin last Saturday. Uh, El Paso 1-0 in district. Jeff, one and one. This should be a fun one. Yeah, I think this is the game for, I think the winner of this one uh, winds up a a playoff team this year. Uh, Jeff, uh, tons of seniors, Nathan Alcala, Arturo Rubio in the backfield. Uh, You know, these guys have all gelled up together. Uh, El Paso High kind of came out of nowhere. You know, you got the junior quarterback, Jerry Chidas, who's throwing darts and and Christian Cadillo all of a sudden out of nowhere. seems like he catches a couple of touchdowns uh, every week, loves the bubble screen, loves the quick slant and the, you know they'll run him on a go route too and you know he's 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 a weapon in in all three of those areas. Absolutely. It should be a fun one. Jeremy Caranco on the call. El Paso High at Jefferson District bragging rights and that one should be a fun one. Also tonight we have Burgess at 2 and 0 in district at RE McKee Stadium facing the Austin Panthers. The coach Jaime Chavez on the call there. And then Chapin and Horizon should be another fun one down at Emperor Stadium. JD Sursley on the call there. Another fun one for the Delvai Conquistadors traveling way out of town, all the way to California, East California, I should say, down to El Centro and facing the Central Union Spartans. Delvai coming in at 5-1 and one after a big win, um, I should say, uh, uh, last week, 59 points at home over the Hanks Knights. Now they could face Central Union just limping in at two and four. But a fun thing about Central Union, they are the largest school in El Centro. So uh, we'll see with schools like Brawley, you got Imperial, Calexico down there, Holtville, and uh, Central Union should be a fun one for the Divide Conquistadors. 
Yeah, your old stomping grounds. Uh, if we have time sometime yeah. time tonight, I'll tell you the story of how we got hooked up with a California team. I don't know if you know there, this one or not. There you go. I'd like to hear that. You know, I used to drive Anchor, our 6 o'clock show, drive about an hour and 45, eh, no, maybe let's say an hour and a half, up to Brawley, uh, get a couple highlights there from a running back named Zay Shepard, who broke Reggie, um, Reggie Bush. Bush's Southern California rushing record. Um, followed Zay all the way to the San Diego uh, High School Sports Hall of Fame. Then I drive down to Imperial, get a couple highlights there, or over to Central Union, and then back all the way to Yuma, Arizona. That was, and then put it all together, and then anchor the 10 o'clock show. Boy, that, those were the days, right? Uh, a lot of fun. Another fun one today. How about the El Dorado Aztecs? See if they can keep it up tonight. At Fort Stockton, Fort Stockton coming in at 5-1 and one overall. Uh, this should be real, a real interesting game. See how the Aztecs play, coming off a lot of momentum. Yeah, Dorado playing better. They've won their last three. Uh, they got the quarterback, Quincy Estrada, back. So now they have the tandem with uh, he and the, the Portillo kid. They're feeling as good as they can feel. And as I previously mentioned, you know, a kick return to win it. Parkland scores with about 25 seconds left a week ago at the sack. They kicked the ball to Andre Thomas 88 yards later. Dorado with a miracle win. And, and as we said, third straight victory. Uh, they're feeling as good now as they felt in probably four years. Absolutely. Updates from all over West Texas. We'll have our... Uh, Taco Avocat, defensive player of the game in our weekly our top 10 games. Obviously, Longhorn distributing out-of-town scoreboard. Then we'll head up to the Land of Enchantment. A little uh, El Paso-Las Cruces matchups all over the, all over the, the town. Mayfield uh, Trojans hosting the Goddard Rockets. Should be a lot of fun. Las Cruces traveling to Hobbs. Oregon Mountain taking on Gadsden. Should be a fun one. And Chaparral traveling to Coronado's T-Bird Stadium to take on the Cathedral Fighting Irish. Should be a lot of fun there. And the Red Sox... Eight to five, they lead the Tampa Bay Ray, uh, Tampa Bay Rays. In case you weren't looking, J.D. Martinez a three-run shot to follow solo shots by Bogarts and uh, Alex Verdugo. I didn't think they'd win a game in this one. So uh, yeah, if they steal this one, it'll be big. It was the Tampa Bay Rays are tough. I got to tell you, Paul will be here for the Rays, Red Sox updates. I'll be here for the Dodgers, uh, <laughs> Giants updates, and then we're talking high school football all night long. So we're gonna toss it to a break. You're listening to Week Seven of. Football Friday night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Here's Paul McKinnon and Mark Miller. All right, we have some... Or Mark Miller, wait a minute, I'm Bo Bagley. Welcome back to Football Friday Night, week seven right here at 600 ESPN El Paso. We have some scores all around town. An exciting game, our Cisco Movers game of the week. Early on, also the Chapin Huskies over the Horizon Scorpions, 8-7 in the first. Let's head out to our Cisco Movers game of the week. Franklin hosting Eastlake, an exciting game already at Cougar Stadium. Let's join Alex Nicholas with an update. Alex. 226 and running in the opening quarter, and Eastlake draws first blood. They lead Franklin 7 to nothing. When you guys were last left me during the uh, during that preview, the Eastlake defense would come up with a huge stop. It'd be fourth and goal from the two-yard line. A bat snap would go crazy through the hands of Cameron Bird. Luckily for Bird, he was able to recover it. But from there, Eastlake would drive 10 plays, 98 yards. Elijah Uribe would find Isaiah Chavez for a 13-yard touchdown pass to cap off that lengthy drive. Uh, we thought we would see Sebastian Rendon at quarterback, but so far it's been Elijah Uribe, who was slated to be a quarterback coming into his high school career. A, a collarbone injury derailed that early on. Also, that guy named Orion Olivas 
And now it seems like Elijah Rebe may have entrenched himself as a quarterback for the Eastlake Falcons, a story we'll watch going forward. 98 seconds left in the opening quarter, and it's Eastlake 7, Franklin nothing. All right, Alex, thank you very much. An exciting game there. We'll have uh, updates from Alex all night long right here on 600 ESPN El Paso Football Friday night. Also early on in this one, 14 nothing Jefferson over El Paso High in the first. Uh, Jefferson jumping all over the El Paso High Tigers. We'll have an update from Jeremy Caranco in just a little bit. Let's head out to Allen Sepkowitz Stadium. Andres Eagles hosting the Bel Air Highlanders. Join the Iceman, Brandon Cohn, for an update. Brandon. 3-7 left here in the opening quarter. 20 to nothing. Andrus over Bel Air. Andrus starts with great field position at their own 38th and two consecutive rushes of 16 yards each by wideout Jeremiah Cooper gets Andrus into Bel Air territory. Couple plays later, Cooper scores in a 20-yard touchdown run at the 10:34 mark of the first to put the Eagles up seven to nothing. Then Bel Air does absolutely nothing on their first possession. Andrus then gets the second possession, marches down the field. And uh, running back Malcolm Anderson ends up scoring on a six-yard TD run up the middle at the 7:04 mark to make the score 14 to nothing. Andrus over Bel Air. Then at the 5:21 mark of the first, Andrus can't be stopped as they score on their third consecutive possession. This time, quarterback Duncan finds who else? Jeremiah Cooper for a 44-yard touchdown. Cooper's second TD of the first quarter. PAT was no good, making the score Andrus 20 to nothing. 3:11 opening quarter. Allen Sepko at Stadium. Andrews 20 to nothing over Bel Air. All right, Brandon, thank you very much. Boy, the Andrews Eagles, a huge first quarter against the Bel Air Highlanders. You had to think this one was coming. Andrews, very, very tough at home. Uh, and let me just tell you, throughout the city, just looking at the scores coming in, flooding in, I'm, I'm getting blown up here. A lot of scoring going on early, and, uh, you know, not just at Brandon's game. Let's head out to Adrian Broadus and Julius and Irene Lowenberg Stadium. Join the Canateel Eagles hosting the Parkland Matadors and an update from Adrian. Adrian, take it away. With 147 left here in the opening quarter, the Canuteo Eagles on top of the Parkland Matadors, seven to nothing. Uh, it was, it's been an interesting game so far. The Canuteo Eagles on their first drive, they marched down the field thanks to a 31 yard pass from quarterback Devin Granados to uh, running back LJ Martin. That set up, uh, the, a red zone attempt by the Eagles on that drive. Now, the interesting part about this one is it was capped off by a 19-yard pass from Granados to LJ Martin for on, on fourth down on this drive. So uh, the Canadian Eagles marched down. Both teams have traded punts since. We've got 115 left here in the first quarter. Canadian on top of Parkland, 7 to nothing. All right. Thank you very much, Adrian. Appreciate that update. Early on, Canadio, remember last week, Canadio, a huge first quarter at, uh, at Bel Air. I think it was 21 nothing after the first quarter. LJ Martin had two touchdown runs in that first quarter. So a bit tame today against the Parkland uh. Matadors. The Parkland Matador defense may be hanging in there a little bit. But thank you, Adrian, for that update. We'll get back to you in just a little bit. Let's head down to the Cotton Valley Classic in the Clint Lions and Fabens Wildcats and join Joe Rodriguez with an update from Wildcat Stadium. Joe. 
Thank you very much, Bo. 4.53 left in the opening quarter, and it is Clint leading the famous Wildcats by the score of 8-2-0. A three-play, 49-yard drive ended with a 27-yard touchdown run by a fullback, Alexis Palacio. The Lions decided to go for two and converted on that. So the game's most interesting, or shall I say the, the, the game's most uh, interesting pregame note is that uh, leading a tailback for the Fabens Wildcats, Miguel Delgado, a player who has 63 carries, 644 yards on the season uh, with nine touchdowns, is out. He is on the sidelines wearing a jersey, uh, but he will not be seeing any action today. So definitely a big hit on the offensive um, uh, capacity for what is the Fabens Wildcats. I'm going to go ahead and send it back to you on the studio with 4-11 to go in the first quarter. It's Clint leading Fabens by the score of 8 to 0 all right, Joe, thank you very much for that update. 8 nothing early on for the Clint Lions. A lot of bragging rights in this one early on. And Bo from Bowie's Beatty Samang Stadium, uh, our Ray Adouto lets us know that uh, the Bowie Bears up on Irvin. Wow, Irvin in a little bit of a spiral. 14-7. to Newtson a 10-yard touchdown run to get Irvin on the board. But then Jadion Sanchez, an 80-yard touchdown pass, Ooh. followed by a 46-yard touchdown Reception. All of a sudden, the Bowie Bears have discovered the air game. Wow! And uh, they they are uh, wow. It is a weapon early on. That's in that one. Fourteen seven Bowie over Irvin. First time all season for the Bowie Bears. Bowie coming in limping in at zero and six. Still looking for their first victory of the season. Irvin coming off two straight losses. Both teams zero and two in district. That's a bit surprising. There. We'll keep you updated on that one. Thank you very much, Ray, PA announcer at Beatty Swing Stadium for the Bowie Bears. Let's head out to the Hanks Knights hosting the Isleta Indians and join Steve Escajeda at. Excalibur Stadium for an update. Steve. We've got less than 30 seconds and counting in the opening quarter, and the Estrada Indians are up to a 7 nothing lead over the Hanks Knights. Quarterback Damian Contreras keeping it for a two-yard touchdown sneak to give again the start of that opening lead. And uh, I'll tell you, the Indians came into the ballgame averaging 240 yards through the air, only 80 yards rushing. So what did they do in the first quarter? They run it 10 times. I only passed it twice. And uh, so far, so good. It's worked for them. Uh, in fact, 44 of those yards are by Arap Gomez. Nine carries, 44 yards for the Indians. We've reached the end of the first quarter here at the Caliber Stadium. It is the setup. Seven tanks zero. And Bo from Adrian brought us back out to that Canyon Teal Parkland game. Parkland quickly back in it. Boy, did they ever need that. The sophomore quarterback, Eric Ortiz, 17-yard touchdown run to knock things back up at 7. 29 seconds left in the first quarter. Battle for the district title, even five uh, with five weeks left in the season. Parkland and Candy Teal tied at seven. You know, there's nothing like a rivalry game to get you going. Maybe this is just what the Parkland Matadors need. Playing the Candy Teal Eagles. Old rivals right there at Lowenberg Stadium should be a fun one. Also an update from Football Friday Night reporter Alex Nicholas from our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Franklin with a nine-play 49-yard scoring drive. Cameron Bird, the quarterback, with a one-yard touchdown run to put the Cougars on the board. So that game's all tied up. Our football Friday night game of the week. East Lake and Franklin tied at 7 early on in the second quarter. So that's going to be a fun one to monitor there. Thank you so much, Alex. Hey, let's head out to Jeremy Caranco. A lot of scoring early on in this one at Silver Fox Stadium. The Jefferson Silver Foxes hosting the El Paso High Tigers. Jeremy, take it away. 
Yeah, we got 151 in the first quarter and counting, and Jefferson is already on top of El Paso, 14-0. to zero. Uh, It was Arturo Rubio for a three-yard rushing touchdown after he carried the ball in the first play of the game for 30 yards. It only took four plays later for the Silver Foxes to find the end zone. El Paso gets the ball back. They can't do much. Um, passing game not working out as three incompletions and then a botch punt inside the 20. Jefferson gets the ball back two plays later. It's Nathan Alcala, the quarterback, nine-yard rushing touchdown. The first extra point was no good, but he takes the read option up the middle. He gets the two-point conversion. 14-0. El Paso was just inside the 10. They turned it over on downs. A big, big missed opportunity for El Paso, already down 14-0 in this rivalry game and a night where Jefferson is introducing its 2021 Hall of Fame class like Andre Sessions, Frank Gamboa, and head coach Carlos Lowenberg. It's a good start for the Silver Foxes here at home. 14-0 Jefferson over El Paso here with 108 in the first quarter. All right, Jeremy, thank you very much for that update. A big night at Jefferson High School. All that name that name should uh, resonate with all high school football fans. Andre Sessions. I know, uh, Paul, you brought his name up earlier in the year, uh, earlier in the show and on Sports Talk. Andre Sessions, a fantastic career early on and getting honored tonight and well-deserved. Anytime you run for 400 yards in a game, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure, I can't remember if this is accurate or not, I think he did it twice his junior oh, wow. year. 1988, I believe that was, and then an even better team in 89, his senior year. More options. Yuck, what's that? Uh, Tampa Bay Ray trotting around the bases. Is that Choi guy? Uh, yeah, I've seen enough of Choi. Do Solo I have to turn shot. this TV off? <laughs> <laughs> Solo shot, that's the good news. 8-6 uh, Sox. Tanner Houck finally gets touched up after a few uh, stellar innings. But uh, well-deserved for Andre Sessions, 400 yards rushing a couple times in the game as a junior. Amazing. So 14 nothing. Jefferson over El Paso High in the first. El Paso High knows how to come back in games. Remember, they had a double overtime win, also a late win last week over the Zleta Indians. So the Cardiac Kids, don't count them out just yet. So thank you, Jeremy. Let's out to, head out to the coach, Jaime Chavez, at R.E. McKee Stadium and get an update from Burgess Mustangs at the Austin Panthers. Coach. 848 left in the half. We've got a tie ball game. Burgess 7 and Austin 7. Tavares Jones, star running back for Burgess, he had a two-yard touchdown run in the first quarter, and he was lined up in the wildcat. The extra point is good, and that is Jones' ninth rushing touchdown of the season. And then Austin comes back with Jaden Wilson, a 20-yard touchdown run. The extra point is good. Wilson carrying the load for Austin tonight. 11 carries, 53 yards rushing. And Austin just got a huge break right now as wide receiver, Burgess wide receiver, Alec Herrera fumbled the ball, and Austin recovered at the uh, Burgess 30-yard line. Now Austin has moved the ball to the 15-yard line. They've got a fresh set of downs, a, a first and 10 for Austin at the Burgess 15-yard line. 8.02 left in the second quarter. At Austin's Ari McKee Stadium, tie ball game, Burgess 7, Austin 7. And, Bo, there's something about Austin Burgess. Uh, Austin has just had their number last several years. I think last time Burgess beat these guys, Mateo Serrano was their quarterback, and, and the games are always weird. Uh, I can remember Tavares Jones' freshman year returning a punt uh, down around the Austin 30 with, you know, like a minute left, and Burgess couldn't move the 10, 15 yards to kick a field goal and win it in an eight in a 7-6 loss. And, uh, boy, they just really got pounded last year. But the guys are gone. Will Rodriguez is gone. Uh, the Witterstouter kid is gone. You know, Not a lot of talent coming back for Austin. This should be a Burgess game. But there's just teams 
that get under your skin and drive you a little crazy. And I think Austin is one of those to Burgess. Uh, seven to seven, pressure's on the Mustangs. You know, you, they've been co-champs the last couple of years, but they, they haven't been the best team in their district. This year's their chance. Go get these guys, beat these guys, and then you see Andrus, and you get to stare them down and beat them too. Then you, you can look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, we're district champs. Absolutely. The Burgess-Andrus game next week, but let's wait. Tied at seven right now, Burgess and Austin. Coach Jaime Chavez on the call. We'll have an update from that one. Hey, at last check, the Chapin Huskies have found their offense. Boy, they've played really well, three and three. Uh, won three straight on the season, traveling to Horizon. Let's get an update on this game from J.D. Sursley at Emperor Stadium. J.D. 851 left in the second quarter. Uh, Horizon 14, Chapin 7. Uh, two tails, two different tails of the tape, Chapin all air and Horizon ground and pound old school. Uh, Mason Standerfer for Chapin should eclipse the 1,500-yard mark at the end of the game. He's already over 115 yards. He's averaging 215 per game. Um, Ernie Garcia with the first touchdown to start the game, 52-yard scamper for Horizon. Jacob Kios, the two-yard touchdown, and Chapin is driving, 846 left in the and incomplete, so it still stays 14-7, 841 left in the second quarter. All right, J.D., thank you very much. bit surprising there. The Horizon Emperors and Paolo, head coach Paolo Melendez got the Fighting uh, Scorpions playing well against the Chapin Huskies up 14-7 in the second quarter. And are you going to stop Ernie Garcia or not? That's the difference. The teams that stop him this season, they win. The ones that don't, like Bowie, when he ran for 432 and yards, I think. Seven touchdowns. <laughs> Week two, yeah, it's kind of memorable, isn't it? Yeah. Those teams lose. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you're listening to Week 7 of Football Friday Night. We'll have an update from our Cisco Movers Game of the Week and much more coming up next after the break. You're listening to 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday Night, Week 7 of high school football season. We got you covered here. Bo Bagley alongside Paul McKinnon and producer Angel Munoz. Our Game of the Week, Cisco Movers. Eastlake and Franklin, it's now 7-6 to Eastlake over the Franklin Cougars. We'll have an update from Alex Nicholas in just a moment. Some scores from all around town. Chapin Huskies and the Horizon Scorpions all tied up at 14 now. It's uh, let's go out to Bowie and Irvin. Did you get a score update from uh, Bowie Irvin, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. A Balinese, a nine yard touchdown run. Bowie now up two scores. I'm starting to wor- worry about those Irvin Rockets. 21 to seven. Bowie leads Irvin. And the other one from uh, Jaime Chavez's game, wherever that is, at the bottom of the list, Burgess Austin. We heard Burgess uh, cough the ball up. Well, Austin took it and took advantage. Jaden Wilson again, this time from four yards out. Austin leads El pa- uh, leads the Burgess Mustangs 14 to 7. Wow, that's like a bit of a shocker there by the Austin Panthers at home over the Burgess Mustangs. We got some scores from the Land of Enchantment. The Goddard Rockets lead the Mayfield Trojans 7-0 after the first quarter. Also after the first, Las Cruces Bulldogs lead Hobbs 3-0 and up in uh, actually at Panther Stadium up in Gadsden. 
Oregon Mountain Knights lead the Gadsden Panthers 14-7 after the first quarter. Let's head out to our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Join Alex Nicholas with an update on Eastlake at Franklin. Alex. 6.42 left until halftime, and it's Eastlake 10, Franklin 6. Our last scoring drive would, would end with a 27-yard field goal from Julian Malucci. That makes him 7 of 8 this year on field goal attempts. His 12th career field goal of his career made. That's at the 7.26 mark before halftime here in the second quarter. That would cap off a nine-play, 70-yard drive here for the East Lake Falcons. And right now, to Franklin, the second series of this game where they started in plus territory there in the red zone here with 6.33 and running left until halftime, and East Lake holding on to a 10-6 lead over the Franklin Cougars. Alex, thank you very much. That game brought to you by Cisco Movers, our game of the week. Cisco Movers can help with packing, boxing, heavy lifting, and moving your belongings to your next destination. They also offer storage at their facility. Take it from a family-owned company like Cisco Movers. They'll give you a great price and help you on your next big move. Get started by filling out a request form at ciscomovers.com. Cisco Movers, the best move you'll make in El Paso. So 10-6 early on Eastlake over Franklin in the second quarter. Paul, that's sure going to be a fun one. That's going to be a barn burner tonight. Yeah, and the Malucci kid with a field goal, and to me he's the X factor in this one. We talked earlier, if it's a close game, low scoring, Eastlake probably has a better chance, and if it's that kind of game, the guy who has a chance to be the star is Julian Malucci. Best field goal kicker in the city. I know there was a game where he hit a couple of uh, 40-plus yard field goals in the same game. Never happens. I think he's hit from as as far as 47, and as you heard Alex say, 7 out of 8 field goals, extremely accurate. I live over there on the west side near Franklin High School. That wind howls a little bit (laughs) differently over there. It's different than the sack, so we'll see how he does out there. Should be a fun one between Eastlake and Franklin. Let's head out to the Iceman. Brandon Cohn at last check. It was 20 to nothing. Andrus over Bel Air in the first. Let's get an update from the Iceman. Brandon, take it away. 9.36 9.36 to go here in the first half, and it's all Andrews 34 nothing over Bel Air. At the 128 mark of the first quarter, Andrews running back Malcolm Anderson scores his second touchdown in the first quarter on a 44-yard touchdown run to put the Eagles up 27 nothing over Bel Air. And Bel Air quarterback Moreno then throws an interception picked by running back slash defensive back, and that would have been um, Anderson at the 45. Now, do I sound like a broken record yet? Yeah. Because at the 11:24 yard mark of the second quarter, Andrews scores yet again, this time running back Evan Gonzalez, getting a little bit of piece of the pie there, scores on an 11-yard touchdown run, giving the Eagles a 34 to nothing lead. As I was speaking, though, here on the radio, there was a touchdown by Andrews. They were actually were utilizing Nicholas Chavira quite a bit on this last drive. Point after attempt is good. So now the score at the 9-11 mark here of the second quarter is 34-7, to Andrus over Bel Air. All right, Brandon, thank you very much. 34-0, the Andrus Eagles. Whoa, watch out. What a game by the Eagles early on in this one. Hey, 30, 34-7, don't forget Nick Chavaria just knocked one in for the Bel Air Highlanders. So the Highlanders finally on the board Lionel. for whatever that's worth. There we go. So, hey, let's head out to uh, Adrian Bronis at Lowenberg Stadium. A last check it was 7 nothing, but we got a couple more touchdowns scored at Lowenberg Stadium. Adrian, take it away. With 5.44 left here in the first half, uh, Canyon Teal on top of Parkland, 14-7. to Following a Parkland touchdown drive that was capped off by quarterback Eric Ortiz and a 19-yard rushing touchdown, 
Can Yacio retook the lead with a long drive that they capped off by quarterback Devin Granados? It was a five-yard rush by him. Can Yacio has 99 rushing yards tonight, and L.J. Martin has 80 of those rushing yards. Parkland was driving inside Canisio's territory just momentarily, but they had an uh, interception. Quarterback Eric Ortiz threw an interception, and it was uh, credit Eduardo Carrillo from Canisio with the INC. With 5.16 to go here in the opening half, Canisio on top of Parkland, 14-7. And, Bo, Eduardo Carrillo, just a, a freshman. I believe he's the, the, the younger brother of uh, uh, the inside linebacker, Chewy Cadillo, best defensive player for Kenny Teo, himself just a junior. So, I mean, freshman, you're on the field. Wow, that's a big deal. Four interceptions as a freshman on one of the better defenses in, in the city. Uh, you know, that's a little freakish. I think this is a kid we're going to be talking about for the next four years. There you go. So 14-7 gained to you over Parkland in the second quarter. Hey, at last check at the Cotton Valley Classic, Clint was up on rival Fabens 8-0. Let's get an update from Joe Rodriguez down at Fabens Wildcat Stadium. Joe. Ten minutes to go in the first half, and it is Clint still leading the Fabens Wildcats by the score of 8 to zero. Um, you talk about the Cotton Valley Classic Bow. Yeah, it's been a sloppy one so far. Uh, Clint alone has over half a dozen uh, flags on the on the game in one quarter of football, and that's what has not allowed them to fire offensively. Uh, obviously, with their traditional running attack, but it isn't going anywhere. They just turned the ball over on downs when they went for it on fourth and uh, seventh, and they could not convert. As far as the Fabians' offense goes, it's all having any trouble uh, to move the ball. So it's going to be a, probably a low-scoring affair. As, le- as At least that's what the first quarter indicates. I'm going to go ahead and send it back to you on the studio. 9.45 going to go in the second quarter. It is Clint leading Fabians by the score of 8-0. to All right, Joe, thank you very much. Uh, sounds like a sloppy game out there. So, Joe, thank you for that update. We'll have much more as we uh, get inch closer to halftime there between Clint and Fabians' 8 nothing Lions over Wildcats. And back out to the west side, your side of town, Bo Bagley. Uh, Franklin Cougars in our game of the week. Back out on top, Alex Nicholas tells us. Bo Sparks, 22-yard touchdown pass from Cameron Bird. Five minutes left in the first half. Franklin on top, 14-10 of undefeated Eastlake. Bo knows. Don't you know that? Bo knows sports. Oh, and apparently Mark Miller knows uh, Football Friday Night. So, hey, it's all good. <laughs> hey, but we're having fun here. 14-10, Franklin over Eastlake. We'll get back to, to Alex Nicholas in just a little bit. Let's head out to Steve Escajeda to get an update on his Letta Hanks. At last check, it was 7 nothing. his Letta in the first quarter. Steve, take it away from Excalibur Stadium. We've got just over three minutes to go in the first half, and it's Letta continuing to leave the Hanks night 7 nothing. Again, both teams having a... Typical time moving that football today. They're moving it between the 30s, and that's about it. Right now, Asada has the ball um, behind the 30s with the clear pass, and that's going to bring the ball into the 25 to 20. He might score. That's going to be a touchdown pass for the Asada Indians. Long touchdown pass. That was caught by Gavin Espino at the 40 yard line. There's a couple of tackles there, right down the middle of the field, uh, going in there for Asada to make it 13 to nothing. With 2.26 to go again in this second quarter, we were just saying, I uh, didn't think we'd be able to win the football, and there goes Estrada kind of right on cue scoring again. Now it's 13 to nothing. And I was just going to mention that in Hanks' uh, five losses this year, they're one and five on the season. 
The North Side Rocks have been averaging allowing 61 points a ball game. Tonight, they've been doing a really good job, again, except for that last play that put the uh, Indians up 13 nothing. Let's go ahead and, ahead and see what happens on this extra point try. The hold is down, the kick is up, and the kick is good. 2.22 exactly to go before halftime here at Excalibur Stadium. And it, is, it is now it's lit up. 14, Hank 0. All right, Steve, thank you very much. You got that touchdown on the air. Great job by Steve. 14 nothing is led over Hanks. As led to remember, 3-3 three and three coming off a very tough loss to El Paso High, taking it out on the Hanks Knights tonight. Hey, an exciting one between the Jefferson Silver Foxes and the El Paso High Tigers. At last check, it was 14 nothing. Jeff over El Paso. Let's get an update from Jeremy Caraco at Silver Fox Stadium. Yeah, 5-17 now in the second quarter. Uh, uh, Jefferson's still leading El Paso, 14-0. But right now the Tigers are moving the football, and they've had they've had uh, good drives. They've been able to, to run the ball successfully. Uh, Jerry Chides has ran the ball well. He's got about 14 yards. Pedro Chavez has run the ball for six or 23 yards, six carries, and a good opportunity now for the Tigers. The problem is, guys, they have over 10 plays with negative yards in five sacks so and then they have four penalties for for 32 for 35 yards so they've shot themselves in the foot after able to make good plays but uh here they've got another good shot um 10 yard line now but we still have the same score again so el paso trailing jefferson 14 to 0 with 452 left in the second quarter All right, Jeremy, thank you very much. Let's head back out to Austin's Ari McKee Stadium. At last check, it was 14-7. The Austin Panthers over the Burgess Mustangs. Is it still a little bit of a surprise? Let's check in with the coach, Jaime Chavez, for an update. Coach. 45 seconds left in the half. It is Austin 14 and Burgess 7. Jaden Wilson, the tailback for the Austin Panthers, a pair of touchdown runs of 20 and 4 yards. Wilson has 19 yards and 92 yards rushing, and that will put him over 800 yards rushing for the season. And, and now Austin is coming out of a timeout. They've got a third and goal at the two-yard line looking to punch the ball in one more time before the half, and Burgess has had a really difficult time trying to stop Wilson, a hard runner who also plays on defense, carrying the load for Austin with uh, – that's a keeper by the quarterback, Hernandez, Luis Hernandez. That's a touchdown, a two-yard touchdown keeper for Austin's Austin quarterback, Luis Hernandez, and the score with 39 seconds left in the half. It's Austin 20 and Burgess 7 with the extra point pending. The only score for Burgess thus far is uh, Tavares Jones, a two-yard touchdown run. He's been held in check tonight. Three carries only. And four yards rushing as Austin gets ready for the that all-important uh, extra point. And then the extra point is blocked, and Burgess picks it up. One of the linebackers, and he's going to take it. That's um, the Burgess linebacker, and he's going he's to get stopped. He's going to take it about 20 yards down. That's Aiki Savea, all the way down to the 30-yard line with uh, 39 seconds left. Now that kick was blocked. So, again, the big the, the big story for Austin tonight, Jaden Wilson, a pair of touchdown runs of 20 and 4 yards. He's got 19 carries, 
at 92 yards rushing, and Luis Fernandez just had a two-yard touchdown run. So we've got 39 seconds left at Austin's Ari McKee Stadium, and it's Austin 20 at Berger 7. And Bo Bagley, Aki Savea, one of the one of the better D tackles in this town the, that I've seen. Which and he's got big Jason Morales, a big body next to him. Uh, so if Austin's going to be able to run the football, which they want to do tonight. It's got to be at the edges, I'm thinking. And so far, they've had success with that. Jaden Wilson, a couple of touchdown runs. And this is a uh, Burgess uh, Mustang defense that has given up big yards. Remember Nick Chavadilla, I think, hit him for, uh, was it 300 or close to 300 in week two? L.J. Martin for, went for more than 200 yards uh, in week one. Uh, their one success a couple of weeks ago against uh, Jefferson actually held Arturo Rubio to uh, fewer than 50 yards, I think 30, 40 yards in that one. And, of course, Rubio had his first 200-yard game of the season last week against Irvin, so, you know, for what that for what that's worth. Well, there you go. The Burgess Mustangs prone to giving up the big yards and right now giving up 20 points in the first half to the Austin Panthers. Austin leading Burgess 20-7, to a bit of a shocker so far on the night, Week 7 of Football Friday Night. Thank you, Coach Jaime Chavez. We'll get an update from him, a halftime update, in just a little bit later. Let's head out to J.D. Sursley. At last check, it was 14-7 horizon over Chapin, but Chapin Huskies have come back in this one. Let's get an update from J.D. and at Emperor Stadium. J.D., take it away. 528 left in the second quarter. We have a bar burner right now. Uh, haymaker after haymaker. Mason Stander for uh, 18-yard road touchdown to tie the game 14-14. Ernie Garcia said not for long, 12 seconds later. 81 kick, uh, kick return touchdown. Um, another two minutes uh, down the line. Mason Stander first says, uh, okay, hold the phone. 65-yard touchdown to Timothy Pastron. And then, just like before, Horizon ground and pound takes it to the four-yard line with a Jacob Kios passing touchdown to Jesus Santana. And now it is 26-21 with a missed extra point and a few missed two-point conversions by Horizon, which might catch up with them later on. But right now it is 26-21, 5-21 left in the second quarter. Wow, J.D., what did you do to get that game out there? What an exciting first half. As he just said, haymaker after haymaker. Wow, the Horizon Scorpions maybe not known for uh, for keeping in, holding in uh, the defense-wise, uh, but uh, nobody seems to be playing defense in that one right now. 26-21 Horizon over Chapin early on. Mason Standifer and the Chapin Huskies know how to put up some points, but Horizon could do that too with Ernie Garcia. Uh, what a big night uh, so far, and we'll keep an update on that one. Let's head out back out to our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. We got an update from Franklin and Eastlake with Alex Nicholas. Alex, what do you got from us from Cougar Stadium? 59 seconds left until halftime, and we have a scoring change. Franklin takes their first lead of the ball game. Cameron Bird would deliver an absolute dime to both Sparks on a deep post pattern. This would be a play after Bird would convert a fourth down and one from inside the 25-yard line to set them up for that. That was at the 5:03 mark. Franklin would be forced to go for two, but it was a fake field goal. They would pitch it to Shea Smith off the snap. Uh, Smith went up the left side. They had tried a swinging gate early on on one of their earlier scores on Bird's one-yard run. That was a failed attempt, so Franklin felt uh, forced to go for that two-point conversion there. That put the score at 14-10 right now. Eastlake with a fourth down and seven from the Franklin 26-yard line, 59 seconds to go until halftime, and Franklin leading Eastlake 14-10. 
All right, Alex, thank you very much. What an exciting game there. We'll get a halftime report in just a little bit. A couple games going to halftime. We'll get our scores and our scoreboard for you after this break. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday Night right here week 7 on 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm Bo Bagley in for Mark Miller and Paul McKinnon and producer Angel Munoz. Mark, we miss you, man. Hope you're doing well. (laughs) Hey, we got some uh, live updates from Franklin High School. Let's go out to our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Join Alex Nicholas with an update on Eastlake and Franklin. Alex. 30 seconds left until halftime. Franklin has extended their lead. They lead Eastlake 20 to 10. When you guys last left off with me, Eastlake was facing a fourth down and seven from the Franklin 26 yard line. Elijah Uribe had his pass tip nearly intercepted. Franklin would take over at the, at the 22 yard line, actually. And what would happen to be the next play or the Franklin's first play from scrimmage, Cameron Bird would drop a screen. Two miles McWhorter and McWhorter would do the rest right up the middle of the field, 78 yards untouched. For the score, 30 seconds left here until halftime, and Franklin leading Eastlake 20 to 10. Alex, thank you very much. Here come those Franklin Cougars, looking down 10 to down 10 to six in this one. Two straight unanswered touchdowns in this game of the week. The Franklin Cougars now up 20 to 10 just before half. Got to like the Franklin Cougars' chances in this one. Eastlake knows how to come back. That's sure to be a great second half. Let's head out to Andrus. Allen Sepkowitz Stadium and join Brandon Cohn for the Andrus Eagles and the Bel Air Highlanders. Brandon. 231 left here in the opening half, and it's all Andrus 41 to 7 over Bel Air. It's a 9-11 mark of the second quarter. Bel Air did finally get on the board. The quarterback Noah Moreno ended up scoring on an eight-yard keeper, making the score Andrus 34 to 7 over Bel Air. Then at the 647 mark of the second quarter, Andrus versatile wide receiver slash running back, do-it-all himself, Jeremiah Cooper, scores his third touchdown of the first half, this time a 16-yard rushing touchdown to put the Eagles up 41-7 to over Beller. Cooper, very impressive first half. Get this, he's got four carries for 68 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. He also has three receptions for 56 yards and one touchdown through the air. 208 left here, opening half at Allen Sepkowitz Stadium. Andrus, 41-7 over Bel Air. And Bo Bagley uh, underway out at the sack second game uh, after the the early one uh, uh, today. America's in Coronado. America's on the board a couple of times. 14-6, they lead the Coronado Thunderbirds. That's still a first uh, quarter score. And 14-6, awfully similar to 11-6. And what is 11-6 is... Uh, Game two of the Red Sox and the Rays. Rafael Devers just hit a two-run bomb. Sox up uh, 11-6. to uh, Every game that the Sox get in this series is like stolen money, and I think they're going to steal some tonight. Focus, Paul. Focus. High school football. High school football. Exciting game out there. For the Andrus Eagles, at least, 41-7 to before halftime, Andrus over Bel Air. An exciting game for Adrian Bronis over at Julius and Irene Lowenberg Stadium. Let's join Adrian for an update on Parkland and Canateo. Adrian. It's halftime out here as the Canateo Eagles are on top of the Parkland Matadors, 14-7 to 
on Parkland's last drive of the half. Sophomore quarterback Eric Ortiz helped drive his team all the way down to midfield, but Tanya Teo defensive end Juan Delgado came up big, had a sack to stop Parkland from attempting to score before the half. Tanya Teo in this game has been led by their running back LJ Martin, 81 on the ground, 62 receiving yards, and has a touchdown as well. Parkland sophomore quarterback Eric Ortiz has been pretty sharp today. Eight, uh, six for eight tonight with 94 passing yards and a rushing touchdown. So again, it's halftime out here. Kenya Teo on top of Parkland, 14 to seven. And Bo, the name you're not hearing for Parkland is Isaiah Beasley, really their best weapon, the running back, but that's the Canyon DTO defense this year. They've come up against some of the best runners in the city. The only one that's busted 100 yards on them, Elijah Orive, ran for 130. I think no coincidence, uh, Eastlake handled Canyon Teal pretty easily uh, for the Eagles' only loss this season, I think 36-14. But they went against Tavares Jones in Week 1. They held him to 50. Nick Chavarria told you he hit for, uh, the Mustangs for about 300. Well, he was lucky to get 50 also against uh, Canyon Teal. And, yeah, well, that's what I'm leaving out. Christian Martin is another one of the top backs in the city, Del Valle, 15 carries, 21 yards for the contest, I think. So that that uh, uh, Canyon Teal run defense is stout, and you're not going to win the game by running the football. Parkland's going to have to be able to throw it successfully, have two terrific receivers, Crest on one side and uh, Dante Lewis on the other side. So if the sophomore quarterback, Edgar Ortiz, can get that part of his game cranked up, then these Matadors really have a chance in the second half. I think they're happy to be just a touchdown down going to, to the third. Absolutely. The Canateo defense, a staple of Scott Brooks' tenure with the Eagles. Canateo up on Parkland, 14-7 at halftime. Nearing half is Clinton Fabens, Joe Rodriguez with a call out at Wildcat Stadium. Let's get an update. Last check, it was 8-0 Clint over the Wildcats. Let's get an update from Joe. Joe, take it away. 151 left in the first half, and it is Clint still leading Fabens, 8 to nothing. Uh, I guess the most valuable stats uh, in this first half of football would be uh, the penalty stats for each team. The Favens Wildcats have five penalties for 55 yards, while the Clint Mustangs, or the Clint Mustangs, the Clint Lions have uh, seven flags for 50 yards. Uh, and that's basically what is uh, really, really uh, killing uh, their ability to move the ball offensively. Uh, they're struggling to get into any kind of rhythm as far as their execution goes. I'm going to go ahead and send it back to you on the studio with 140 left in the first half. It is Clint leading Favens by the score of 8-0. to All right, Joe, thank you very much. Low-scoring game there for the Cotton Valley Classic. Nice job out there, Joe. 8-0 Clint over Fabens before halftime. Let's head out to Steve Escajeda for an update on Isleta and Hanks from Excalibur Stadium. Steve. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. It's halftime here at the Excalibur Stadium, and the Atleta Indians are out in front of the Hanks Knights, 14 to nothing. Atleta scoring on a two-yard run by quarterback Christian Pompera, and he also had a 48-yard touchdown pass to Devin Espino for all the scoring in the first half. Uh, individually, first of all, for the Atleta Indians, coming to this ballgame 3-3 three and three on the season, they're led on the ground by Araf Gomez, 10 carries, 44 yards in that first half. Their quarterback, Damian Contreras, 6 out of 12 to the air for 104 yards, one touchdown pass and one INT, one touchdown on the ground. Uh, as far as his uh, lead, uh, favorite receivers tonight, Gavin Espino, 3 catches, 74 yards and a score. Evan Martinez, 2 catches for 50 yards. 
Well, the Hank Knights, one and five on the season. They're led on the ground by Xavier Johnson, nine carries, 45 yards. Came into the ballgame averaging over 100, 121 yards a game. Uh, Quarterback Marcus Serra, four out of nine to the air, 41 yards. And uh, Eric uh, Falkenau, three catches for 35 yards. And uh, I'll tell you, it's pretty one tight at a four yards ago. Team wise, it's not a 211. Hanks is 96. It's not a 65 on the ground, 146 to the air. Hanks, again, struggling on both sides. They've only run it for 55 and only thrown it for 41. So, again, halftime. Here at Excalibur Stadium, the Estrada Indians out on top of the Hanks Knights, 14 to nothing. All right, Steve, thank you very much. Scores from elsewhere around the county. Riverside Rangers all over the San Eli Eagles, 41-7. to Riverside coming into that game 5-1 and one overall, looking like, remember, they put up 70 last week over Alpine in a 70-6 to win. Also out of town in California, the Divide Conquistadors trail the Central Union Spartans 10 to 7. That's early on in that contest. So, Divide, remember, they're coming to that game 5 and 1 also, but Trail Central Union by 3, 10 to 7 early on there. Let's head back out and join Jeremy Caraco for an update on El Paso High and Jefferson. This should be a fun one. Jeremy, what's the update? Yeah, 23 seconds left to go in the first half, and Jefferson leads it now 20 to 0. Over El Paso, guys, the last time we spoke, El Paso was inside the Jefferson 10. And on the previous drive, they were inside the 15. And on both drives, they turned it over on downs. A very, very costly two mistakes for El Paso as they now find themselves down three scores. It was Nathan Alcala. He has one through the air to Dylan Navarro, his favorite target thus far on the season. Dylan Navarro now, he has four touchdowns and Four through the air, Alcala now has 14. So another two-point conversion attempt is no good there. But it is Jefferson taking advantage of the El Paso mistakes. That's what this story has been in this game so far. So we're nearing halftime, 17 seconds left to go. In the first half, it is now Jefferson 20-0 to zero over El Paso. All right, Jeremy, thank you very much. An exciting game there if you're a Jefferson Silver Fox fan. Don't rule out the El Paso High Tigers, but they're kind of – Digging their own, uh, digging their own grave right now. It's twenty to nothing. Going to be very hard to dig out of this hole uh, just before halftime. So let's head out to Jaime Chavez at Ari Mickey Stadium. The Burgess Mustangs and the Austin Panthers. Austin at last check was up twenty to seven, shocking the Burgess Mustangs. Coach, take it away. It's halftime at Austin and Austin twenty and Burgess seven. Austin running back Jaden Wilson, he's got two touchdown runs of 20 and 4 yards, and Wilson has 19 carries, 92 yards rushing, giving him 806 yards rushing on the season. Austin quarterback Luis Fernandez added a two-yard touchdown run, and uh, the uh, extra point was blocked. Uh, Jared Gonzalez's uh, kick was blocked by the Burgess uh, special teams, Fernandez, four carries, 24 yards rushing, and Austin doing it on the ground successfully thus far to keep Burgess off the field. Burgess is averaging 50 points a game in their current three-game win streak. Israel Luna for Austin has six carries for 36 yards rushing, and the only touchdown for Burgess, Tavares Jones, a two-yard touchdown run, and he's got four carries, four yards rushing, and Burgess coach... James Rutledge indicated before the game that Jones has been battling the flu most of the week. 
But Jones indicated that he was a go for tonight. Quarterback, British quarterback, Andy Rutledge, he's two of six, 45 yards, and that one interception, and Austin is trying to snap a, a three-game losing skid. So we've got halftime at Austin's Ari McKee Stadium. Austin 20 and Burgess 7. All right, Coach, thank you very much. 20-7. to seven. Uh, Paul, that's got to be the biggest shocker of the night so far. 20-7, to seven, the Austin Panthers over the Burgess Mustangs. Remember, Burgess coming in 2-0 and in district in this one. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. As I said, it, it, this seems to be, be the way these uh, games go. Uh, the, the one stat that uh, struck me was, was Andy Rutledge just two out of six through the air. If Tavares Jones is not his healthiest, got to be able to throw the football. They've had success, uh, especially the – the street kid, Sean Street, the converted uh, rush end, now playing receiver. He, he's had a lot of catches. Ray Campos, a competent receiver. Uh, they have to have more success than that. Two out of six is not going to cut it. Uh, your star is not at his best. Uh, other folks have to step up. Uh, first half, not so far. Hey, last check, there was a... Uh... <laughs> There was enough for J.D. Sursley to talk about in this Chapin Horizon game. Emperor Stadium, uh, the scene of a, about a ton of touchdowns, uh, no defense. Let's see what the changes is there at halftime between Chapin and Horizon. Last check, it was 28-26, Chapin of Horizon. J.D., much of a change there? Oh, uh, yeah, we're still changing haymakers. Uh, literally four seconds after I got off. The line with y'all last time, Mason said, why'd you hang up the phone? I'm going to throw a 54-yard touchdown. And then Jacob Kiosk, right down five minutes. Um, wow. Uh, drove down Horizon. with He even got nicked up during the drive. Came back after uh, being out one play and then scored a two-yard touchdown. Uh, they went for the two-point conversion yet again, this time successful. So they got 34 and now Mason is trying to score right before halftime with 35 seconds left before half, 34-28 for Rising. All right, J.D., wow. Uh, I'm betting there. on Stanford. He said they're trying to score. Where, do, <laughs> where, where can I play some cash on that one? Oh, my gosh. Wow, what a game there. Hey, <laughs> also in the second quarter over at the sack, the late game. The America's Trailblazers get another touchdown. They, nail, they now lead the Coronado T-Birds 21-6. to all right, we're going to take a break. We'll have much more, some halftime reports as we are taking breaks all over the city. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. We have some halftime scores. Let's go down the scoreboard. 20-10, Franklin Eastlake in our Cisco Movers game of the week. Andrus leads Bel Air at the half, 48-7. Canateo over Parkland, 14-7 at halftime. Uh, just before half, it was 8-0 Clint over Fabens. At halftime, Isleta over Hanks, 14-0. Also at the half, 20-0 Jefferson over El Paso High. And at half, 20 to 7, Austin over Burgess. And this one's still in the first half. Last check, Horizon leading Chapin, 34 28. Also at halftime, 41 to 7, Riverside over San Elizario. In the second quarter, it's 21 to 6, Americus over Coronado. In the first quarter, 
El Dorado and Fort Stockton tied at seven. Yeah, I got a later version of that oh, one. Again, with, with the internet, man, I, you never can believe these things. But uh, fourth quarter score from Fort, Fort Stockton, 15 to 14. Fort Stockton over <laughs> El Dorado. As I said, uh, fourth quarter, a slim one-point margin. Be nice if an El Paso team could finally get those guys this year. Wow. Fort Stockton leading the El Dorado Aztecs 15-14. to 14. And you better pay me my money, Bo Bagley, okay. because, yeah, yeah. Mason Stanford, 12-yard touchdown pass out at uh, Chapin Horizon. On the way to halftime, they're already there. 35-34, wild one of the night. The Chapin Huskies with a one-point lead at Horizon in the high desert. Wow, what a game there. 35-34 at the half. We'll get an update and a halftime report from J.D. Sursley in just a moment. Other scores from around the area. Oregon Mountain leading Gadsden 14-7. Las Cruces over Hobbs 17-7. Anthony leading Tornillo 43-7. Early on in that one. At halftime, Bowie Bears over the Irvin Rockets 28-14. Another shocker there. Bowie winless coming into that game. Delvai trailing Central. Central Union in California, 10-7, divide trailing by three. At last check, it was Goddard over Mayfield, 7-0. And Santa Teresa leading Rio Grande at the half, 42-0. For a halftime report in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week, you have an update, Paul? Before we get there? You want some out-of-town scores? I just stumbled across a bunch of them. Let's go for our Longhorn Distributing out-of-town scoreboard. Yeah, let's uh, knock this one out quickly. Start with... uh, 2-6-A as usual. Midland Legacy, 35-21. Uh, to 21. They're up on Friendship, 4-1 uh, and one on the season, 1-0 and oh in district. Friendship, 4-2, and 1-1. One and one. Odessa Permian on top of Odessa. The Battle of Odessa is Odessa High and Permian. Permian up 35-22. That one in, in the second half, of course. Permian looking to win two straight. Moved to 2-1, and one, a battle of 1-1 one and one teams in the district. Permian, 4-2. Odessa, 3-3. Three and three. Thursday nighters, San Angelo Central bounces back from humiliation a week ago. 41-17 over Midland High. I tell you what, that's a roller coaster uh, district there. Teams are Jekyll one week and Hyde the next. Well, uh, Thursday night Central was, I guess, Hyde. He was the aggressive one, right? 41-17. They beat Midland. And we, we move down to the uh, 5As. Battle of Amarillo. Tascosa up on Amarillo High. 27-15. That one moves to the fourth quarter. A battle of 5-1 and one teams, 2-0 and oh in the district. Another Thursday nighter, Caprock explodes on Monterey. A little bit of a surprise. 28-7, but that's Caprock in a nutshell. They'll, you know, they sneak up on you and surprise you. Year after year, they move to 1-1 uh, one and one in the district. Monterey falls to 1-2, and 3-4 and four in the season. Not a good start for them. Also in that district, Lubbock Coronado all over Lubbock High. 35 to nothing elsewhere in the uh, uh, Division II 5As. Lubbock Cooper all over Plainview, 48 to 20. Wichita Falls Rider, 28 to 19 over Abilene Wiley. I think that one's a little closer than they might like. Uh, Wichita Falls Rider, 5 and 0 in the season. Wiley, of course, 2 and 3. And for the moment, Bo Bagley, that's going to be your out of town scoreboard. Your out-of-town scoreboard brought to you by Longhorn Distributing, the only hot seat dealer in West Texas and southern New Mexico. Your source for cleaning equipment, service, and supplies, Longhorn Distributing, 5516 East Paisano Drive in El Paso. Let's head out to our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Get a halftime update from Alex Nicholas on East Lake in Franklin. Alex. Halftime in West El Paso, and it's Franklin leading East Lake 20-10. Franklin taking this game over really the last seven minutes of that first half with a pair of scores. 
Eastlake unable to answer with their two final drives here of the half. Give you some halftime stats first for the Franklin Cougars. 225 total yards. Cameron Bird, 5 of 8 passing, 132 yards, one touchdown. 78 of those yards went to Miles McWhorter on that 78-yard screen pass with 36 seconds left until halftime. So McWhorter, two catches, 90 yards. He's also carried the ball 12 times for 72 yards. Both sparked a pair of catches for 37 yards and a 22-yard touchdown pass early on to start Franklin's scoring onslaught to end the first half. For the East Lake Falcons, 189 total yards. Elijah Uribe has been the main quarterback. When we talked about Sebastian Rendon with a foot injury, was slated to start, but I guess Coach uh, Ruben Rodriguez was playing a little Jekyll and Hyde with me about who he's going to go with. So it's been all Uribe, 7 of 11 passing, 82 yards and a touchdown. He's carried the ball 12 times for 67 yards. He's trying to get different players involved in this game. Excuse me, Isaiah Chavez, four catches, 47 yards of worth receiving yards here in the first half. Of note as well, a big note here for Franklin, Stephen Powers was thought to be a game-time decision. He is out. The talk around the press box and around Franklin is it's a hamstring injury that's really that happened over the summer and it just hasn't been able to get right. Talking with some of the East Lake coaches before the game, they described Powers as playing on one leg last week in his season debut, so no Powers today. He's in a jersey on the other side in street clothes. So for Frank, uh, for Franklin, not bad holding East Lake to just six and a half yards per play in that first half. Franklin themselves though getting really hot. Like I mentioned, the last seven minutes of that second half offense really clicked in there. Franklin averaging eight yards per play to end the opening half. Start of the second half just a few minutes away. District one six eighty the positioning for the district title on the line here, and it's Franklin with a twenty to ten halftime lead over the East Lake Falcons. All right, Alex, thank you very much. What a game there between Eastlake and Franklin. Looking forward to the second half in that one. That's our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Remember, Cisco Movers will give you a great price and help you on your next big move. Get started by filling out a request form at ciscomovers.com. They'll help you with packing, boxing, heavy lifting, and moving your belongings to your next destination. Cisco Movers, the best move you'll make in El Paso. Other uh, halftime scores at halftime, Del Valle still trailing Central Union now at 17-14 Central over Del Valle. Also at the half, Las Cruces leads Hobbs 17-14. And the Mayfield Trojans trail Goddard by one point. It's now 7-6 Goddard, the Rockets over the Mayfield Trojans. For a halftime report back here in El Paso, let's head out to Allen Sepkowitz Stadium. This one's been all Andrus over Bel Air. Let's join the Iceman, Brandon Cohn, for a halftime report. Brandon. Yes, it has been all Andrus. 48 to 7, the Eagles over the Highlanders here at the half. And some interesting stats for Andrus. Elias Duncan, their QB, 6 of 7, 123 yards to the air, two touchdowns, also six carries, 59 yards. Running back Malcolm Anderson, what a first half. Seven carries, 95 yards, three total touchdowns, two rushing, one receiving touchdown of 46 yards just before the half expired. Running back Evan Gonzalez, also six carries, 60 yards, one touchdown. But how about wideout and running back Jeremiah Cooper? This kid's amazing. Four carries, 68 yards, two rushing TDs, three receptions, 56 yards, one receiving TD. For Bel Air, their quarterback, Noah Moreno, he's 12-17, 74 yards. He has a rushing touchdown, also two interceptions. Their wideout, Adam Gomez, three receptions, 
for 55 yards. We've got about two minutes and change before the third quarter starts here at Allen Stepford Stadium. And it's all Andrus, 48-7 to over Bel Air. All right. All right, Brandon, thank you very much. 48-7, to Andrus over Bel Air. Whoa, watch out, Andrus Eagles, here you come. All right, let's head back out to Jefferson Silver Fox Stadium. Join Jeremy Caranco for an update and halftime report of El Paso High and Jefferson. We thought the Tigers would be have a little momentum after two straight wins, but this one has been all Jefferson. Jeremy? Yeah, Jefferson, uh, 20-0 to over El Paso. The problem is in this game, El Paso has played pretty well offensively up until they get a sack, they have a penalty, they can't convert uh, four downs in the red zone. So that's what it's come down to. Jefferson uh, right now is being led by Arturo Rubio. He has opened up the offensive uh, playbook with some good rushing yards, 66 on 13 attempts and a touchdown. Nathan Alcala has also opened it up on the passing game. He ran it in for a nine-yard touchdown before he threw one for a four-yard touchdown to Dylan Navarro. Uh, Dylan Navarro, um, his favorite target, just three catches, though, for 22 yards. Um, and Roman Gomez, he has 22 yards for the Silver Foxes. Arturo Rubio has also caught a catch, and Jose Rodriguez has a catch for five yards. Um, and for for El Paso, um, stat-wise, being led by Jerry Chides, as you would expect, through the air, 65 yards. Just five out of 13, though. Um, it's been the rushing game that has helped them out. It's been Pedro Chavez. He has nine attempts for 31 yards. But the problem has been sacks and penalties, as I said, just stated earlier, at untimely uh, at untimely times for the Tigers. So we'll see if El Paso can clean it up. Uh, we're about to start the second half, three minutes to go at halftime. It's Jefferson 20-0 to over El Paso. But, Bo, if you're a Jefferson fan, you know, don't take your foot off that gas just yet. Remember this El Paso team? They're a second-half They're a second half team in case uh, nobody's noticed. What were they down to a sled a week ago? Was it 21-7? to seven? All of a sudden they bl- block a punt, take it back, four straight scores later. You know, they have the lead and wind up coming away with, a, what was it, a 38-35 victory on a field goal with about a minute and a half left of the game. Uh, Jerry Chidas, the quarterback, who also kicks apparently. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like Jeff coming into this one, but, uh, you know, I'm not comfortable in my chair just yet. Absolutely. El Paso High surely knows how to play well late in games and in overtime, as they've proven this season. Hey, let's head back out to uh, Horizons Emperor Stadium. Join the Chapin Huskies and Horizon Scorpions. At the halftime, it was Chapin up by one, 35-34. And join J.D. Sursley for a halftime update. J.D. Yeah, uh, that last touchdown by Mason was a beauty to a 12-yard pass to Zachary Ortega. Horizon left him a minute and one second. Of course, he was like, I ate my Wheaties for breakfast. He took him down like nothing. Um, scratch that 1,200 mark at the end of the game, guys. He's like, I want to push for 2,000 because he's already at 280 at halftime. Um, like you said earlier, Mr. Bagley, there has not yet been a defender that wants to do his job. Um, when Chapin has the, the ball, it's like Dak Prescott's out there playing the 2020 uh, Dallas Cowboys secondary because they look her- horrendous. Uh, when Horizon has the ball, it's Jacob Kios, Ernie Garcia, and Jesus Santana running the ball. It looks like Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry, and Ezekiel Elliott all on the same team. Um, 35-34 at halftime. We have a barn burner, haymaker after haymaker. It's been a good one. All right, J.D., thank you very much. 35-34, haymakers throwing left and right. 
what a game that one's going to be in the second half. Yeah. We're, we'll see JD maybe around midnight tonight at the Union Draft House on Sunland Park, home to our post game get together. Come join us at Union Draft House after the games this football season. And for all your sports watching, visit the Union Draft House. Three locations in town West at Cimarron Plaza, East on Tierra Este, and now open off Sunland Park near the mall. 100 beers on tap. Feast on the food and stay for the big game. Learn more on Facebook and Instagram at the Union Draft House. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with the second halves all around town in the land of enchantment. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Thank you. Welcome back to Football Friday Night, Week 7. Let's run down the scoreboard right now in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. The Franklin Cougars lead the East Lake Falcons 20-10. to An exciting first half, but saw the Franklin Cougars with two unanswered touchdowns to lead by 10 at halftime. Also at halftime, the Andrus Eagles lead the Bel Air Highlanders 48-7. Also at half, Canateo over Parkland 14-7. The Clint Lions lead the Fabens Wildcats 8-0 at halftime. This now in the third quarter, the Isleta Indians have scored again to increase their lead. They now lead the Hanks Knights 21-0. Again, that's Isleta over Hanks 21-0 in the third. Uh, Jefferson Silver Foxes kind of surprising the uh, the hot El Paso High Tigers up 20-0 at halftime. And then the Austin Panthers, another bit of a surprise at R.E. McKee Stadium. They led the Berth Burgess Mustangs 20-7 at half. Also at half, what a game for J.D. Sursley at Emperor Stadium. The Chapin Huskies over the Horizon Scorpions by one, 35-34. That's not a final. That's not in the third quarter. That's the halftime score. 35-34 Chapin over Horizon. Also earlier today, the Pebble Hill Spartans defeated the Socorro Bird Bulldogs 63-0. Pebble Hills improving to 2-1 in district. In the late game at the SAC, America's Trailblazers lead the Coronado T-Birds 21-6. That game in the second quarter. Uh, last check in the fourth quarter, we had Fort Stockton over El Dorado by one point. 15-14, Fort Stockton leading the Aztecs. And at halftime, Del Valle trailing Central Union of California, the Central Spartans leading the Conquistadors, 17-14 at halftime. Also at half, Bowie Bears, yeah, the surprising, the winless Bowie Bears, leading the Irvin Rockets, 28-14. And then the Riverside Rangers all over the Sanelli Eagles, 41-7 at halftime. Up in the land of enchantment, Oregon Mountain Knights leading Gadsden at half, 21-15. Also at halftime, Las Cruces Bulldogs leading Hobbs, 17-14. And the Goddard Rockets leading Mayfield Trojans by one, 7-6 at halftime. Centennial Hawks flying by Carlsbad at the half, 21-0. And then the Anthony Wildcats leading Tornillo, the Coyotes. The winless Coyotes looking for their first victory. Don't think it's going to come tonight. Anthony leading Tornillo at halftime, 43-7. And also at the half, Santa Teresa leading Rio Grande, 42-0. We're going to take a quick break. Come back with your third quarter action next on Football Friday Night. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley 
and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday Night Week 7 right here at 600 ESPN El Paso. Thank you for tuning in. And we got an exciting one in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Let's join Alex Nicholas for an update on Eastlake and Franklin. Alex, take it away. 7-0-1 left in the third quarter. Eastlake still trailing Franklin 20-10. to Some hot action just as late or just a few seconds ago. Both teams traded punts. It would be the first punt uh, for either team. It would be Eastlake to take the possess- uh, first half, uh, first possession of the third quarter. They would punt. Franklin would end up punting. But what it appeared is that it looked like on the punt, Alexis Castro would try to fool the Franklin defense and pick up a loose ball, but he wasn't able to pick it up. So Elliot Varela for Franklin would recover at the plus 44-yard line. Next play would be a pass to Ben Bullham that would get them deep into the into uh, Eastlake territory. And right now, Miles McWhorter just ran in a one-yard touchdown run. That would be after a 22-yard hookup between Cameron Bird and Bo Sparks. So hot action with a touchdown here to cap off that drive. That would be a five-play, 44-yard uh, drive after that big miscue by Eastlake on that punt return. So right now, Franklin is in full control. 6.51 left in the third quarter. Franklin leading 26-10, to 10, pending an extra point. All right, right here we got action right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Thank you very much, Alex. That's a big score to open up the second uh, second half for the Franklin Cougars, 26-10, pending that extra point. We have a final down in Fort Stockton. The Fort Stockton knocks off the El Dorado Aztecs 23-17. That drops the El Dorado Aztecs to 3-4 overall. Wow, Fort Stockton improves to 6-1. Big win for Fort Stockton. All right, let's head now out to Allen Sepkowitz Stadium. Join Brandon Cohn, the Iceman, for an update on Bel Air and Andrus. Brandon. 10 to go here, third quarter. It is now Andrus 48-14 over Bel Air at the 8.57 mark of the third. Bel Air, great opening drive to start the second half. Ends actually running back Nicholas Chavera scores on a three-yard rushing touchdown, making the score Andrews 48-14 over Bel Air. Worth noting that the Eagles, they get the ball back, and here they are driving again. Now utilizing Evan Gonzalez. He has nine carries, 113 yards so far, but they've been utilizing him quite a bit on this, their first possession of the third quarter. 4.38 remaining here, third quarter. Andrews, 48-14 to 14 over Bel Air. All right, Brandon, thank you very much for that update. Big, uh, big turnout for the, the Andrews Eagles. We got an update from uh, the sack in the late game. The America's Trailblazers now up on the Coronado T-Birds. It is now 28-6, to six. Americus all over Coronado. Let's head out to Lowenberg Stadium. Join Adrian Bronis for an update on Parkland and Canateo. Adrian. 11.36 left in this game. Canateo on top of Parkland, 14-7. Three of the first drives here in the second half resulted in punts. One of the drives resulted in a turnover on downs by the Parkland offense. Really good defense on both sides. Parkland running back Isaiah Beasley has been held to just 17 yards on the ground tonight for the Matadors. And uh, when you're looking at the Canyon T.O. Eagles, they've been led by running back L.J. Martin, 104 yards on the ground, a receiving touchdown as well. Quarterback Devin Granados helped with 34 yards on the ground and a touchdown. 
The Canutillo Eagles are down to the Parkland Matadors 37-yard line, but with 11.08 left in this game, Canutillo on top of Parkland, 14-7. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. We have an update from El Centro in California. The Central Union Spartans extend their lead over the Del Valle Conquistadors, now leading 23-14 to in the third quarter. Del Valle trailing by three at half now trailing by nine in the third quarter. Let's now go back out. After Adrian's report from Lowenberg Stadium, let's go bet out to the Cotton Valley Classic. Join Joe Rodriguez where the Clinton Lions led 8 nothing at halftime. Let's get an update from Joe Rod. Joe, take it away. 6.20 to go in the third quarter, and it is Clint leading the Favens Wildcats by the score of 16-0. to the opening possession for the third in the third quarter for the Clint Lions went nine plays um, in fifty though excuse me fifty three yards in nine plays ended in a one yard rushing touchdown by quarterback Isaiah Gonzalez on the keeper the Clint Lions went for it uh, went for two on a swinging gate play and they converted which brings us to where we're at right now with five fifty left in the third quarter Fabens trying to get into this one desperately but still trailing the Clint Lions by the score of sixteen to zero. Yeah, Paul, we always kind of thought that that district was going to come down to Clinton, Riverside. Really, Riverside looks like the team team to beat in that district. But uh, Fabin's a little overmatched in this one now, 16 nothing, kind of getting away from the Wildcats now. Yeah, I think you called it right, and I think it's been a, a recent uh, realization that Riverside, Riverside looks like the big dog in this one. But again, what you're going to have to look at, those two teams, last time they got on the field, it was Clinton, Riverside. Clinton came away with a 14-7 to win. Maybe kind of like the Austin Burgess thing. You know, we're better than these guys, but they keep on beating us. And, you know, Riverside, maybe they think they're better than Clint, but last time they were on the field together, it was the Clint Lions who came out on top. So, you know, you got to win it on the field. That's going to be a huge game in that district. But uh, I'm with you. The way Riverside's been playing, uh, they, they look like the dogs in that district. Absolutely. Hey, uh, let's head out to Excalibur Stadium. This one could be getting away from the Hanks Knights at home. Let's join Steve Escajeda for an update on Isleta and Hanks. Steve. We've got just under three minutes to go in the third quarter here, and uh, Isleta has stretched that 14 nothing halftime lead to 28 to nothing, scoring twice here in the third quarter. First of all, uh, quarterback Damian Contreras hitting Evan Martinez with a 20-yard touchdown pass. And then uh, just a little while ago, one of the uh, better names in high school football here, Tommy Ringo, running it in from 37 yards out, again, to make it 22 nothing. And uh, I think we mentioned earlier, Isleta, Averaging only 79.8 yards per game on the ground this year. So far as this ball game, uh, 156 yards on the ground, a couple of touchdowns, and uh, boy, they've been running it like they've been running it hard all season long. They found something tonight, it looks like. We've got uh, 2.14 to go in the third. It's not a all over hang 28 to nothing. All right, Steve, thank you very much. 28 nothing is led over Hanks in the third quarter. Wow, what a what an outburst by the Hanks uh, the Isleta Indians after last week's tough three-point loss to El Paso High. And speaking of outbursts, uh, the Cathedral Fighting Irish having a huge one uh, versus Chaparral. 61 zip. Uh, that one's in the fourth quarter, thank goodness. Uh, Cathedral going to come away with their fifth win of the season, uh, Chaparral, yet to win one. Ooh-wee. Yikes. 
61 nothing. Fighting Irish over Chaparral. That one in the third quarter, just like you said. Wow. Holy moly, that game at Coronado's T-Bird Stadium. Hey, let's head out to Jeremy Caronco. An exciting game for the Jefferson Silver Foxes at home, leading 20 to nothing. Let's get a third quarter update from Jeremy at Silver Fox Stadium. Jeremy, take it away. 6-17 third quarter. It is now Jefferson piling it on. It's 26-0 now over El Paso. El Paso did receive the second-half kickoff, but they weren't able to do much with it. In fact, the center, Zach Escondon, was cited for a personal foul and was ejected from the game. And after that, El Paso just had to punt the ball away. And Jefferson on, on their next drive, Nathan Alcala, he adds it uh, after a 74-yard, six-play drive, three-yard rushing touchdown. Another two-point conversion is no good, but Alcala now has two touchdowns on the ground and one through the air in a Jefferson route right now. So 6 third quarter, Jefferson 26, El Paso 0. All right, Jeremy, thank you very much. 26 nothing Jefferson over El Paso High. We have a score update from San Elizario at the start of the fourth quarter. Riverside Rangers all over the Eagles, 55 to 7. Riverside, remember, put up 70 last week. Already have 55 this week. Hey, let's head now out to Jaime Chavez, the coach. A fun one between Burgess and Austin. Let's see how this one's going. It was Austin 20-7 to at halftime. Let's get a second-half update from the coach, Jaime Chavez. Coach. 52 seconds left in the third quarter. It is now Austin 27 and Burgess 7. Austin defensive back Oscar Espeitia. He had a 95-yard interception return for a touchdown. The extra point is good. And also for Austin, uh, Jaden Wilson, touchdown runs of 20 and 4 yards. And quarterback Luis Hernandez has a a two-yard touchdown run for the Panthers. Jaden Wilson running strong tonight and keeping Burgess off the field. Wilson, 24 carries, 117 yards rushing. And Aiden Watts has been uh, carrying the load on the ground for the Burgess Mustangs thus far. Jones is in, but hasn't seen a whole lot of action. He hasn't really touched the ball much. Uh, Tavares Jones, he's got the only touchdown for Burgess, a uh, four-yard touchdown run in the uh, first quarter, and four carries, four yards rushing. Aiden Watts for Burgess, three carries, 72 yards rushing. So we've got uh, 31 seconds left in the third quarter at Austin's Ari McKee Stadium. It's Austin 27 and Burgess 7. All right, Coach, thank you very much for that update. Austin now up uh, three scores on the Burgess Mustangs, 27-7. to uh, Might be the kiss of death early in the third quarter for the, those guys. The key, and we talked about this in the Andrus game a week ago, a couple of long interception returns by the Andrus Eagles made that game look ugly. And the reason you had interception returns, one by Jeremiah Cooper, the other by uh, Lance Bass, because the Austin Panthers got stuck having to throw the football. Something they can't do. What they're good at is lining up in that wing T like actually a pro set, running the ball, not making mistakes. When you force them to throw like they're trying to catch up, that's when they make mistakes. They made mistakes against Andrus. If they don't get behind, as, as in not getting behind the Burgess Mustangs here tonight, they're in charge of the tempo, they're in charge of the game, and they are in charge of the Burgess Mustangs. 27-7, to this is a big night for Austin. Very much so. We got a breaking update from Adrian Broadus over at Lomberg Stadium. Let's head out to Parkland and Canateo. Adrian, take it away. 
We've got 838 left in this game right now, and it's the King of Teos on uh, Eagles on top of the Parkland Matadors, 21 to 7. And just as I was speaking, uh, it looks like Canyon Teo just stole an interception off Parkland quarterback Eric Ortiz. That was Jeremiah Ramos getting the second turnover of the game for uh, the Canyon Teo Eagles. It was a, uh, a nice L.J. Martin touchdown. This time uh, he rushes out from six yards out. He's got two touchdowns on the night to give Canyon Teo that two-touchdown lead. Now the Eagles get the ball inside Parkland territory at the 19-yard line. We've got 8.29 to go. Canyon Teo can put a nail in the coffin in this one. They lead uh, Parkland 21-7. to and, and, Bo, that's more of what we just talked about. What happens? Well, Kenny Teo gets a score. All of a sudden, they're up two scores, nine minutes left in the game. What happens? The Parkland offense gets a little desperate. They come out of their comfort zone. Let's try and throw it around. And ipso facto, a couple of plays later, Kenny Teo's got their hands on the ball again. They're ready to put this game away. Absolutely. 21-7, Kenny Teo over Parkland. We got a breaking update from our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Let's join Alex Nicholas at Cougar Stadium from Franklin and Eastlake. Alex. <laughs> 2.33 left here in the third quarter. Score still holding the same. Franklin with a 27-10 lead over Franklin. After that short Miles McWhorter, one-yard touchdown run, the ensuing possession would see it end with the ninth or the tenth takeaway of the season for the Franklin defense. Ryan Woodruff would climb the ladder and go up and pick off Elijah Arrive on a deep pass. That would be the second turnover of the ballgame. First by the defense, the other one was a backbreaker by the special teams for East Lake with that turnover. So two minutes exactly left in the third quarter and Franklin leading Eastlake 27 to 10. All right, Alex, thank you so much. What a game there for the Franklin Cougars at home over the undefeated Eastlake Falcons. Let's join JD Sursley. Probably uh, about six touchdowns were scored during halftime. Let's see if there's an update from this one. It was 35-34 Chapin over Horizon at half. Let's get a second half update. JD, take it away. 6.04 left in the third quarter, and just like the end of the first half, Mason Sanderford says, let me drive you all the way down, score another touchdown. Uh, the scamper that he ran to get into the goal line with the grits and leaping over defenders, getting hit, was amazing. And then a play later, five yards, uh, running touchdown. And, of course, uh, right now, Horizon is driving yet again with their ground-and-pound running game. Chapin can't buy a tackle right now. So uh, as of right now, Horizon is driving. So 6.04 left in the quarter, 42-34 Chapin. And, Bo, let's not throw dirt just yet on those Irvin Rockets out at Bowie's Beatty Samang Stadium. John Knutson, a four-yard touchdown run, seven minutes left in the third quarter. They get back within a touchdown. They trail Bowie, winless Bowie, 28-21. Wow, what a game there. That's going to be a fun one for the Bowie Bears. See if they can hold on at home against the Irvin Rockets. All right, we're going to take a break now on Football Friday Night. We'll come back as we're heading into the fourth quarter, the final stretch here on Football Friday Night, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. On 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Week 7 of Football Friday Night. Some score updates from the land of enchantment. In Hobbs, Las Cruces Bulldogs lead Hobbs 
31-21 in the fourth quarter. Goddard still leading Mayfield 13-12 in the fourth quarter. And Santa Teresa in the fourth quarter all over Rio Grande leading 48-0. Those are not final just yet. But we do have a score update from Chapin and Horizon. Let's join J.D. Sursley as uh, is he's getting his money's worth tonight. J.D., what do you got for us now? All right, 532 left in the third quarter. Uh, breaking news, De- defense has shown up at least one time this, this drive in the second, third quarter. Uh, Chapin still uh, 42, but Horizon Jacob Kiosk with a 30-yard scamper run up the middle and squandered to the left. Beautiful run touchdown to make it 42-40. And now, with a beautiful return by Anthony Rivera, set up at the 50-yard line, Mason Sanford throws a great pass to him, 12 yards, but he ends up fumbling, and now Horizon has the ball. So a turn of events finally on defense, 532 left in the third quarter, 42-40, chaping over Horizon. All right, J.D., thank you very much. What a game there. We'll see you at midnight over at the Union Draft House. No, what a game there, in all honesty. That's going to be a fun one. All right, we have an update from Lowenberg Stadium. Let's go out to Parkland and Canateo and join Adrian Broadus for this update. Adrian. 38 left in this game. It's the Canateo Eagles on top of the Parkland Matadors, 28-7 to following the interception thrown by Parking quarterback Eric Ortiz. It was Jeremiah Ramos who snagged that INT. Kenya uh, Teal marched down the field just six plays later and ca- capped off a touchdown drive with a six-yard rushing score by L.J. Martin. He has three touchdowns on the evening, 134 yards on the ground, along with 62 receiving yards. L.J. Martin came into this game with 13 total touchdowns. He's now at 16 on the year. So again, with 6.38 left to go in this game. Canyon Teal on top of Parkland, 28-7. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. This one getting away from the Parkland Matadors there. Remember, it was just a one-score game, 14-7 to at halftime, but this second half has been all Canyon Teal. We have an update from El Centro in California. The Central Union Spartans led Del Valle by nine points in the third, but Del Valle creeping back in, gets a touchdown to get within two. So they're late in the game there. Central Union leads Del Valle 23-21. Let's go out to Joe Rod, Cotton Valley Classic, and get an update on Clint and Fabens. Joe, take it away. Thank you very much, Bo. End of the third quarter, and it is the Clint Lions leading the Fabens Wildcats by the score of 16-0. Head coach uh, Rosel Martinez cannot be a happy camper over on that Clint sideline. His Clint Lions still are continuing to suffer. Currently, they have 12 penalties for 100 yards, and I am including a pass interference that they just got called on uh Defensive pass interference that gave uh, the Fabens Wildcats a first down and moves them into Clint Lions territory. How bad are things offensively for the Clint Lions? Despite them winning 16 to zero right now, there was a point in their last possession they were uh, it was second down and 41 to go. And as I'm bringing you this report, number five Isaac Urutia breaks one from 43 yards out for the touchdown. Fabens Wildcats get on the board. And we have ourselves a ball game. We're going to go ahead and send it back to you on the studio with the extra point pending. But right now, out here 
in Fabians with 11.47 to go in the ball game. It is Clint leading Fabians by the score of 16-6. And another game heating up at Bowie's Beatty Samang Stadium. Isaac Guerrero, 36-yard touchdown reception. Jonathan Knutson, your quarterback, and all of a sudden we're all dead even. Irvin and Bowie tied at 28. Ooh, 28-all. Wow. Bowie looking for its first win of the season. Irvin just trying to stay relevant in District 25A. Wow, look at that. What a game there. Uh, hey, we got an update from Brandon Cohn. Bel Air making it a game. Uh, Bel Air within 20 now. Remember, they were down 48-7. to It's now 48-28, Andrus over Bel Air in the fourth quarter. Hey, we got an update from our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. A breaking update. Let's go out to Alex Nicholas at Cougar Stadium with an update on Eastlake and Franklin. Alex. 25 seconds left here in the third quarter. Franklin leading Eastlake 33-10, to 10, and I just became the president of the, of the Cameron Bird fan club <laughs> as Cameron Bird is balling out here in West El Paso. Bird with a seven-yard touchdown run on the last score, and that was before he, uh, the play before he hooked up with both Sparks for a 20-yard reception to set up that score. That would be uh, Bird's third overall touchdown of the night, Bird. 9 of 16 passing, 217 yards and a touchdown. Not much rushing yards, but he does have those two rushing scores inside the 10-yard line. So 15 seconds left here in the third quarter, and it's all Franklin as the Cougars lead the East Lake Falcons 33-10. to 10. All right, Alex, thank you very much. This one, again, all Franklin. Franklin really pulling away in this one. They led just 14-10. to 10. Actually, it was 20-10 to 10 at halftime, but Eastlake led this game early on 10-6 to 6 in the first quarter. So it's been all Franklin since that point in the first. And uh, Kenya Teal Parkland, Adrian Broadus tells us uh, Parkland not ready to give up the ship just yet. Drive the field, sophomore QB. Eric Ortiz, the one-yard keeper. Six minutes left to play in the ball game. Kenya Teo now with a two-score 28-14 lead over Parkland. All right, let's head out to Steve Escajeda with an update from Excalibur Stadium. And Isleta and Hank, Steve, take it away. We've got nine minutes to go in the ball game, and the Hanks Knights have gotten on the board. Isleta still way out ahead, 35-8. to Isleta uh, made it 35 to nothing when that uh, running back, Tommy Ringo, scoring for 10 yards out, of course, Ringo scoring with a little help from his friends on that last one. Uh, Hankson finally got on the board. Uh, quarterback Marcus Porras hitting Eric Falkendall uh, from 41 yards out. The two-yard uh, two-point try was good. Uh, that makes it 35 to eight. And uh, I tell you, instead of surprising everyone tonight, uh, we said earlier averaging just under 80 yards a game on the ground all season long. Tonight, so far, 210 yards and three big scores on the ground. Little under eight minutes, nine minutes to go in the ballgame. It is now a set of 35, Hanks eight. So, Bo, what Steve Escajeda is apparently telling us is that for Asleta tonight, Ringo stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Late Steve. night comedy. That's it. Steve, you're going to have to get him later for that one. Mm. Oh, what a, what a game there. 35 to eight is let over Hanks. Late in this ball game. Hey, an exciting one. We have an update from uh, Jefferson Silver Fox Stadium. Let's go to Jeremy Caranco for an update on El Paso High and Jeff. 
Yeah, we just reached the end of the third quarter, and Jefferson has another touchdown. It is now 34-0 to over El Paso, and El Paso just turned the ball over for the third time of the day, a fumble inside their own 20. Uh, the Tigers really want to get out of this at a Silver Fox Stadium tonight as they are just getting throttled offensively. And the, give credit to the Jefferson defense in the second half. They they know that El Paso is going to come in here and, and try and put up another fight. The problem is Christian Carrillo hasn't really seen anything. He just barely caught his first pass here in the second half um, for an eight-yard catch. But that's where El Paso wanted to go all game on. They haven't been able to do it. They've been shut down and too many mistakes on the night. So Jefferson looks like they're going to cruise for another win here. 34-0 at the start of the fourth quarter over El Paso. All right, Jeremy, thank you very much. Wow, cruising right there, uh, absolutely. Uh, 34-0, holy moly, Jefferson <laughs> over El Paso High. Let's get another uh, another exciting update from uh, the coach, Jaime Chavez, over at Ari McKee Stadium. An update on Burgess and Austin. Coach. <laughs> 7.02 left in the fourth quarter is Austin 27 and Burgess 14. Burgess is Tavares. Jones just scored on a five-yard touchdown run. The extra point was good. That one in the wildcat formation, as he did in the first quarter, a two-yard touchdown run for Jones in the, the wildcat formation. Jones lining up as, as a quarterback on those two touchdown runs of five and two yards. But Jones is struggling tonight. Six carries, nine yards rushing. And for uh, Burgess... Aiden Watts has picked up the slack on the ground. Five carries, 83 yards rushing. But the big story tonight, Austin Highs, Jaden Wilson. Two touchdown runs of 20 and four yards. Wilson, 24 carries, 117 yards rushing. And quarterback Luis Fernandez added a two-yard touchdown run for the Panthers. 6-14 left in the fourth quarter at Austin's R.A. McKee Stadium. It's Austin 27, Bridges 14. All right, Coach, thank you very much. 27-14, Austin. Hey, uh, the Hobbs uh, Hobbs Eagles driving against the Las Cruces Bulldogs, but according to the Bulldog football Twitter, uh, they say Jacob Maez with an interception in the end zone. Looks like Las Cruces is going to beat Hobbs tonight. They lead 31-21 late in the fourth quarter there. Let's go to J.D. Sursley, get an update. Last check, it was 42-40, Chapin over Horizon. J.D., what do you got for us now? All right, two minutes left in the third quarter. It is now 46-42, Horizon over Chapin. Um, We had that fumble recovery, Horizon driving. Jacob Kios ends up slipping on his own turf, ends up hurting his ankle, comes out. We don't know if he's going to come back in or whatever. Well, two plays later, he throws a fourth down, 31-yard touchdown, saying, put me back in, coach. I got this. Let me go do my thing. So now it is 46-42, two minutes left in the third quarter. All right, J.D., thank you so much. Wow, back and forth you go. The Haymakers continue down at Emperor Stadium. Now 46-42, Horizon over Chapin. What a game there. Okay, the Irvin Rockets and Bowie Bears tied at 28. Lots of games winding down. We're going to have some final scores and your end-of-game highlights coming up next. Boy, what an exciting night of football Friday night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Cisco Movers, 
Longhorn Distributing, El Paso Association of Builders. Real High School Football Action is brought to you by Real Texas Builders. Ask your home builder if they're members of the El Paso Association of Builders, the home of Real Texas Builders, ElPasoBuilders.com. The Greater El Paso Football Showcase will have more information on how senior football players must have their SAT-ACT results submitted by December 1st. Much more information a little bit later in this show. We've got an update from our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Let's go out to Alex Nicholas from Cougar State on East Lake in Franklin. Alex. 10:51 left in this ball game and it's Franklin leading East Lake 40 to 16. Had a couple of touchdowns since you guys last left me. The first one would be at the 11:13 mark of the fourth quarter. It would be both Sparks on the his second receiving touchdown of the night. Third touchdown pass for Cameron Bird. That would be from 6 yards out and then just a few plays later Elijah Uribe Finally, a spark for East Lake, a 66-yard touchdown sprint down the near sideline. They would go for two, and uh, Elijah Uribe would be stacked on that one, and that is where we're at now with two, uh, 10-28 and running here in the fourth quarter, and Franklin all in control with a 40-16 to lead over the East Lake Falcons. All right, Alex, thank you so much. Wow, Franklin, 34 unanswered points on the East Lake Falcons. That one's almost hard to digest if you're a Falcons fan because uh, they came in, I think, head over heels, uh, arguably the, the best team in the city, but Franklin really, really playing well at home. Yeah, a huge win for the Cougars, and, I mean, look who they've gone gone through. Tonight it's uh, East Lake, as you said, the, the number one team coming in. Uh, Eastwood Troopers last week, they looked to be, uh, an, if not a playoff team, a playoff contender. And the week prior, Montwood, even though both of those teams are currently sitting at uh, one and two, in the district, you you figure those are uh, all contenders. Franklin's come through them all. Not a left for uh, not a lot left on uh, the Franklin schedule. There's Coronado. That'll be the Sun Bowl game, uh, and of course Socorro. Uh, America's maybe the one hiccup in there. They are a team that's going to be fighting for that playoff spot. Uh, maybe a four or five team in that district. Uh, you know they could give Franklin a run, but uh, besides that. It may, it may look like pretty clear sailing, and of course, it's never what it appears to be. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Paul, we have some sleepwalking over at Allen Sepkowitz Stadium. The Antris Eagles were up 48-7 to over Oof. Bel Air at halftime. Let's go for an update from Brandon Cohn, because, uh, uh, Brandon, did Andrus even decide to show up in the second half? I don't think so, because with 3.39 to go in this game, it's Andrus 48 Bel Air 35, okay? So at the 101 mark of the third quarter, Bel Air running back. They're actually running no no huddle, and running back Nick Chavera scores his second touchdown of this uh, third quarter here. This time it was a 23-yard touchdown run, making the score Andrus 48-21 over Bel Air. 53 seconds left in the third. Andrus running back Malcolm Anderson fumbles at the Eagles 30, recovered by Bel Air's outside linebacker Sayed Moreno. Then at the 11:51 mark of the fourth, the Highlanders capitalize on the Eagles' blunder as quarterback Moreno throws a 13-yard touchdown to his wideout. UCL Vasquez, a PAT, was good, making the score Andrews 48 to a 28 over Bel Air. Then at the 8:40 mark of the fourth, Bel Air is just on fire as their running back Nicholas Chavera scores his third touchdown of this second half. This time, a 46-yard touchdown run, making the score Andrews 48 to 35 over Bel Air. Bel Air just self-destructing in the second half, playing so sloppy. As a matter of fact, their last several possessions were punt, 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 fumble. And, of course, Bel Air's no-huddle offense confusing Andrus's D thoroughly. But then, just as Bel Air was driving again, it's a pick six 
by Bel Air's quarterback Moreno. Jeremiah Task or Jeremiah Cooper, probably me, takes it 57 yards to the house, but it's called back the interception. Yet the interception still does stand for Andrus. So they now have the ball two minutes and change to go in this game. They're at the 30 yard line of Bel Air, so they're trying to run out the clock. Looks like they may do so successfully. What a great second half run though by Bel Air. A lot of credit to them. Buck 59 to go in this contest, and it's the uh, Andrus Eagles 48 to 35 over Bel Air. All right, Brandon, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Hey, we got an update from the Land of Enchantment. With three minutes to go, Mayfield got a touchdown and a two-point conversion. They lead Goddard 20-13 to late in that game, so Mayfield looking like they're going to make a comeback and see if they can hold on. We have a final out at Coronado T-Bird Stadium. Cathedral Fighting Irish topped the Chaparral Lobos 68-0. Big win for Cathedral. They improved to 5-2 and two overall. All right, let's head out to, uh, speaking of finals, let's head out to Adrian Broadus. We have a final out at Loewenberg Stadium between Canateo and Parkland. Adrian. It's a final out here. Canateo gets a 28-14 to 14 victory over Parkland tonight. The Matadors came into this one winning 18 straight in district play, dating back to 2016. Tonight, their streak was snapped by Canyon Teal, who was led by running back L.J. Martin, 174 rushing yards, 62 receiving, and three total touchdowns tonight. But I love the Canyon Teal defense and what they were able to do. Jeremiah Ramos with the pick. Eduardo Carrillo, the freshman with an interception. And how about quarterback Devin Granados, 74 yards through the air, 47 on the ground, pacing it nicely both ways and had two total touchdowns. On the other side, Parkland quarterback, a sophomore quarterback, Eric Ortiz, was 10 of 21 with 155 passing yards, spread it out to his two top targets and Dante Lewis and DJ Crest Daniels. Um, and he finished the day with two interceptions, but had two rushing yards. Running back Isaiah Beasley was held today in check by the Canyon T.O. Stout defense, just 24 rushing yards, and he usually averages 118 on the ground per game. Next week, Canyon T.O. will go up against Isleta. They improved to 6-1 and 1-0 in district play, while Parkland falls to 1-6, 0-1 in district play. They take on Horizon next week. Again, a final out here as Canyon T.O. defeats Parkland 28 to 14. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. Kennedy Eagles improving to 6 and 1. Big win today at home over the Parkland Matadors. Adrian, thank you very much. Get out of there. We'll see you down at the Union Draft House on Sunland Park, home to our post game get together. Come join us. Let's talk some high school football over at Union Draft House on Sunland Park. We have finals all across uh, the board now. Riverside defeated San Elizario. This is a final. Riverside 65-7 to victors over the San Eli Eagles. Riverside improving to 6-1 and on this season. Wow. Also a final from Hobbs, New Mexico. The Las Cruces Bulldogs topped the Hobbs Eagles 34-28. That is a final. Cruces improves to 4-3 and overall, but 2-0 and in district. Uh, let's head out now to Joe Rodriguez, see if we got a final down of the Cotton Valley Classic between Clinton and Fabens. Joe, what do you got for us? 
5-16 left in the game, and it is Clint, the Lions, leading the Favorites Wildcats by the score of 22-6. A four-play, 60-yard drive ended in a 42-yard touchdown run by tailback uh, Manuel Olguin uh, on that touchdown the Lions went for two and failed to convert. And right now, just as I'm starting uh, to give this report, the famous Wildcats had a turnover on downs at the Clint eight-yard line deep in that red zone. The Wildcats failed to convert and really get back into this game. I'm assuming that for Coach um, Martinez and his Clint Lions, it's all going to be about clock bond management. This possession, one of those uh, seven, eight-minute drives that they're capable of putting since they have an all-rushing attack uh, to put this one to bed and pick up their third victory of the season. I'm going to go ahead and send it back to you all in the studio with 5.05 left in this ball game. It is Clint leading, leading Favens by the score of 22-6. to six. And Bo from Bowie's Beatty Samang Stadium. A Balinese, a one-yard touchdown run set up by a pass interference penalty. Bowie jumps back out on top of Irvin, 35-28, eight and a half minutes left in that one as 0-6 Bowie looks to get their first win in two seasons. Wow, what a game there at Beatty Samang Stadium. Now remember, Bowie was up 28-14 at halftime, but Irvin storming back to tied at 28, and the Bears finally getting their first touchdown of the second half to go up by a touchdown. 35-28 late in the fourth. Updates from there. Wow, what a game there. Let's head out to Steve Escajeda for an update on his Letta and Hanks at Excalibur Stadium. Steve. We've got uh, just about a minute 10 and counting to go in this ball game. It's winding down. Seven's going to win it. They lead 42 to 14. Uh, a couple of scores to report on. Uh, Seven made it 42 to 8 when uh, quarterback Damian Contreras scored from three yards out. Then uh, Hanks answered at the 205 mark. Uh, their quarterback, Marcus Forras, throwing his second touchdown pass of the ball game. This one, a 36 yarder to Dominic Casillas. And, uh, but this one's all over 42 41. We're just going to take a knee on this one. Uh, we'll come back for the halftime re- uh, final report. But uh, it looks like Isleta is going to win this one against Hanks tonight, uh, 42 to 14. All right, Steve, thank you so much. Looks like his lead is going to pull away there. Again, we'll get a final report in just a little bit. Let's head out to Jeremy Caranco, get an update from Silver Fox Stadium, the El Paso Tigers and Jefferson Silver Foxes. Yeah, 6.50 fourth quarter, and the bleeding continues for the El Paso High Tigers. It is 48 to nothing. Jefferson adding another touchdown. Arturo Rubio, over 200 yards touch, uh, on the ground. For two touchdowns, he just took off for a 72-yard score. Before that, Nathan Alcala, another rushing touchdown. He's got four tonight, and he's close to over 100 yards rushing. The Jefferson Silver Foxes are just purely dominating this game. A little bit of a shocker tonight throughout um, all of our games. We really expected a close one here, uh, and it's not the case. Jefferson, uh, they, they want to showcase themselves that they can compete for the district title, and they definitely have the playmakers to do it. So 640 here in the fourth quarter in a blowout. Jefferson just really dominate El Paso, 48-0. So Rubio never has a 200-yard rushing game in his high school football career. Three years he's been on varsity, and now he has them in back-to-back weeks. Amazing. 
Amazing. Wow. What a game for the Jefferson Silver Foxes. We have a final out in El Centro, California. Central Union Spartans top the Del Valle Conquistadors 36-28. That drops Del Valle to 5-2 overall. Tough loss for the Del Valle Conquistadors at Central Union 36-28. Hey, we have an update from Horizons Emperor Stadium. Let's go to J.D. Sursley for this breaking update. J.D., take it away. 8.04 left in the fourth quarter. Um, Mason Center with a nice four-yard touchdown pass to Timothy Pastron, which is now his second receiving touchdown of the game. A beautiful drive. Uh, the kickoff, a suing kickoff, uh, the first play from scrimmage, Jacob Kiosk scores a 66-yard scamper run up the middle to now make it Horizon 52 to Chapin 49. 8.04 left in the fourth quarter. Wow. Wow is right. 52-49 Horizon still maintaining that slim lead over the Chapin Huskies. What a game here back and forth. Remember this was 35-34, a Chapin one-point lead at halftime. Now 52-49 Horizon over Chapin. And third touchdown of the night for Kihas. A two-yard run, a 30-yard run, and now a 66-yard run. I think a couple of weeks ago I was saying, oh, well, this guy's kind of more just of a manager. You know, his, his brother, Abe, was, was the star of the team, carried the team on his back. This guy just gets the ball to other people. Well, not tonight. Uh, Jake Kihas has uh, entered the fray, and he's the star. What a game there. Wow. We'll have uh, much more after this break. We're going to take a quick break. Oh, who do we got here? Angel Munoz, my producer's waving at me. Yeah. Who do we got next? We got a breaking update. We got Jaime. Jaime, let's go, let's head out yeah. to the coach, Jaime Chavez, with an update on Austin and Burgess. Coach, take it away. And this one just ended. It's a final at Ari McKee. Austin, 27, and Burgess, 14. Austin's Jaden Wilson, a pair of touchdown runs of 20 and 4 yards. Quarterback Luis Hernandez, a two-yard touchdown run. And defensive back from Austin High, Oscar Aspeitia. A 95-yard interception return for a touchdown. Wilson, a big night. 24 carries, 117 yards rushing, and those two touchdowns. And for Burgess, Tavares Jones, he had uh, the only scores for Burgess. Touchdown runs of five and two yards, and Jones struggled tonight. Eight carries, 20 yards rushing, and uh, running back um, for Burgess, Aiden Watts. He picked up the slack, six carries, 86 yards rushing. And a tough night for Burgess quarterback Andrew Rutledge. Three of nine, 57 yards passing, two interceptions. He was sacked twice tonight. Burgess, four and three overall, two and one in District 258, Division Two. They've got a big one. They'll host Andrews next week. And Austin, three and three. They snap a three-game losing streak. Three and three overall, one and one in District. Next week, they're at Urban. The final once again from Austin's Ari McKee Stadium. Austin 27, Burgess 14. All right, Coach, thank you so much. We'll see you at our postgame get-together at Union Draft House on Sunland Park. See you there because, uh, Paul, what a kind of a bit of a shocker because we were all looking at the Andrus-Burgess uh, game next week as our possible game of the week. But Burgess, uh, Burgess falls tonight and looks like uh, Andrus really is going to take the lead in that district. Well, it still is the game of the week for the Burgess Mustangs. It seems like they don't want to ever have a, a district title by themselves. They've won a couple back-to-back, shared shared one uh, and uh, shared with two other teams uh, last year. So if they knock off Andrus next week, you know, that sets up the exact same thing. Uh, Andrus beat Austin. 
Austin beat Burgess. Burgess has a chance to beat Andrus, and you know maybe we're looking at a, at another three-way. But Burgess got to come a long way from what they did tonight, and Tavares Jones has to get whatever was wrong with him tonight. Uh, he, he's got to get healthy in the next seven days. Absolutely. Austin Panthers top the Burgess Mustangs 27-14. Once again, thanks to our reporter, Football Friday Night reporter, the coach, Jaime Chavez. Austin improving to 3-3, three and three, their first district victory. Burgess falls to 4-3 and three and 2-1 and one in district in a big game hosting the Andrus Eagles next Friday night. We're going to take a break, have more final scores for you next on Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. We have some score updates here on Football Friday Night, the doubleheader in the sack. Americus now up on Coronado, 42-6. to Looks like Americus is going to win that one and improve to 2-4. and four. And then no scoring change at Bowie's Beatty Semang Stadium. The Bowie Bears still lead the Irvin Rockets 35-28 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and in that one, Bo, Irvin marched all the way down to the Bowie two-yard line looking for that equalizing score. The Bowie D held up on fourth down take over the ball at their own two-yard two line. Now let's see if the offense can you know, punch it out for maybe a couple of first downs, uh, run the clock out for those Bears. Hey, our Cisco Movers game of the week is still moving over at Cougar Stadium. Let's join Alex Nicholas for an update on Eastlake and Franklin. Alex. 3.30 left in our ball game, and Franklin with a 46-22 lead over the Eastlake Falcons. Both teams scoring a pair of touchdowns here in the fourth quarter. Been a lengthy fourth quarter uh, the last two touchdowns to update you on, it would be an East Lake touchdown, a four-yard run by Isaiah Chavez. That would be at the 6-16 mark of the fourth quarter. That would be a second touchdown of the night. That would bring the score to 40-22 to uh, at that point with Franklin leading. But Cameron Bird's night is still not over. He would have a 38-yard bomb to Franco Hernandez. That would be his sixth total touchdown of the evening, four through the air. That was at the 3:56 market right now. He's like just patting some stats, running the ball here inside Franklin territory. As Uribe actually dri- he's driving and then he's uh, running and then the ball pops out and there's a scrum here for that loose ball. 2:47 left here in the fourth quarter. Franklin all over East Lake, 46 to 22. And Bo, the Bowie Bears, out of the shadow of their own end zone now, all the way out to the 27-yard line, four minutes left in that one. Again, nursing a one-score lead, uh, trying to get their first win, as I said, since 2019. Wow. What a game there between Irvin and Bowie at Beatty Semang Stadium. We have a final up at the Field of Dreams. The Mayfield Trojans come back from a touchdown down to defeat the Goddard Rockets 20-13. to Big win for the Mayfield Trojans as they improve to 3-4 and four overall, dropping Goddard to 4-3. and three. Hey, we have a final out in Brandon with Brandon Cohn out at Andrus Allen Sepkowitz Stadium. Uh, what a game. What a second half by Bel Air. But it's looks like it's Andrus holding on. Brandon, uh, what? how did it end up there? Yeah, what a game. Final 48-42. Andrus prevailing by the skin of their teeth, really, over Bel Air. Remember, it was a 48-7 game at the half. And then it was all Bel Air in the second half. Unbelievable. And Bel Air... Donier won this thing. They actually scored a touchdown. It was running back Ricky Adetta with 30, uh, 42 seconds left in the game. Scores a 31-yard touchdown, making the score 48-42. They attempt the onside kick, and Andrus recovers, and then the fat lady decided to sing. At that junction, 
But, I mean, my goodness, what an amazing second half, though, for Bel Air. So, again, it's a final. Andrews will be to 5-1, and 3-0, and and 2-5A, Division Two. Next, they will uh, take on Burgess at Burgess on the 15th of October. Quarterback Elias Duncan, 6 of 7, 123 yards, two TDs. He had seven carries for 67 yards. Also running back Malcolm Anderson, good night for him, seven carries, 95 yards, three touchdowns. Running back Evan Gonzalez, nine carries, 113 yards, one touchdown. Running back slash wideout Jeremiah, Mr. Do-It-All Cooper. There are four rushes, 68 yards, two TDs. Also had three receptions for 56 yards, a touchdown through the air. Remember, this team did not score, Andrus, in the second half. And how about Bel Air? I mean, it was a loss, but a valiant loss. They scored 42 points, um, or excuse me, about 35 points. My math is, that's why I don't teach math. 35 points <laughs> in the second half. Damn near get the victory. But uh, Bel Air falls at 2-5 and five on the air. They will be hosting Chapin next week. Quarterback Noah Moreno. 22 of 31, 196 through the air, one touchdown, two interceptions for him. Running back Nicholas Tavera, unbelievable game, 18 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns in the second half, took this team under his wing in the second half. And, of course, the late touchdown by running back Ricky Adetta, also wide out Uziel Vasquez, had seven receptions, 33 yards, and a touchdown. A wild game in Alex Epstein Stadium as it was uh, Andrus prevailing 48-42 over Bel Air. And, Bo, I'm not buying on Bel Air just yet. We've seen this M.O. from them before, get destroyed in the first half and then come back when there's no telling who you're playing against in the second half. You know, they came. We'll find out for sure. The entire Super 5A district gets a week off next week, preparing for the start of their district season. Remember, it's only three weeks, four teams. Everybody goes to the playoffs, even this Bel Air team. But they open up uh, hosting Chapin, who's having quite the time tonight with the Ryzen. So we'll find out how legit they are then. Absolutely. 48-42, Andrus over Belair. Iceman, thank you so much. We'll see you at the Union Draft House on Sunland Park. Great job. Once again, that district, El Dorado, Delvay, Chapin, and Belair all on buys next week, along with Jefferson, San Elizario, and Gadsden Panthers. Actually, Gadsden, their season is over. Hey, let's jet, jet out to the Cotton Valley Classic. Join Joe Rodriguez for an update on Clint and Fabens. This should be a final. Clint... Joe, uh, what do we got? Oh, let's go to JD. We got an update from oh. Chapin and Horizon. There must be 10 more touchdowns yeah. since the last time we've spoken to JD. Let's go to JD first with an update from Emperor Stadium. JD. All right, Mr. Bagley, you're pretty close. 5-18 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Mason Stenderfer with an amazing, beautiful Hail Mary-looking throw uh, to Anthony Rivera for 45 yards with that extra five yards, him running in for that touchdown. Um, yeah, he was getting hit in the pocket and just, like, threw it up, gave his guy a chance. Anthony Rivera did the rest. And would, would you have it? Horizon is also driving, ground and pound game still. 450 left in the ball game, shaping 56, Horizon 52. J.D., thank you so much. Wow, what a game there. 56-52, so back and forth. Chapin retakes the lead. We'll see what happens here. Down the stretch they come. Now let's head out. Oh, Paul, go I was just going to say, like the man said, horizon driving. I mean, and no no kidding. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, nobody's playing. Everybody's driving out there. <laughs> right. Let's head out to Joe Rodriguez. Speedway. The Cotton Valley Classic between Clint and Fabens. Let's see how this one ended up. Joe. 
All done out here in the Con Valley where the Clint Lions have picked up their third victory of the season. First in district play by defeating the hosting Fabens Wildcats by the score of 22-6. A couple of final stats uh, for the night. For the Clint Lions, they carried the ball 41 times. That's rather normal for 288 yards for a grand total of 278 yards because they lost 10 yards total net on uh, on a couple of sacks. Uh, but they were definitely, without a doubt, the stat of the night. And I'm sure the stat that Coach Rosel Martinez is going to address probably throughout the week, 14 penalties for 130 yards. Um, as far as individuals, Isaiah Gonzalez, Manuel Luguin, each of them carried for 67 yards and they each had a touchdown. So like I said, the Clint Alliance moved to three and four on the year, one and oh in district play. And next week they will host Mountain View while the Fabens Wildcats drop to one and six, oh and one in district. And next week they will face Riverside. They will travel over to the lower valley and face the Riverside Rangers. That's all I got for you all out here in the Cotton Valley. Always nice to be out here. Great community, uh, great crowd always turns out for this game. But for tonight, the 2021 edition, it was all Clint Lyons defeating the Favorites Wildcats by the score of 22 to 6. And Bo, J.D. Sursley tells us that uh, Horizon is driving no more. No, not because they scored some points. They <coughs> coughed oh. up the football. Fumble time, Chapin hops on top of it. Should be about four minutes left in that one. Uh, Chapin going to try and run out the clock. And Chapin up by four, 56-52 in that game. All right, let's head out to Steve Escajeda for an update and a wrap-up of his Letta and Hanks. Steve. Well, it's all over here at the uh, Excalibur Stadium at Hanks High School. It's Letta knocking off Hanks 42-14 to in the District 1-5A opener for both teams. It's Letta improves to 4-3 and three on the season, of course, 1-0. In district play, and uh, the Indians were led uh, on the ground by Arath Gomez. 23 carries, 144 yards on the night. Of course, it was just another day in the life for uh, Tommy Ringo, who uh, rushed for 135 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Uh, quarterback Damian Contreras, 8 out of 14 through the air, 137 yards, 2 touchdowns, 1 pick. He also ran for a couple of touchdowns. His two favorite targets tonight, Evan Martinez, Four catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Gavin Espino, three catches, 74 yards, and he had a score. For the Hanks Knights, who fall to 1-7 on the season, 0-1 in district, uh, Xavier Johnson, 13 carries, 74 yards on the night. Of course, he came in averaging 121 per, per game. Quarterback Marcus Porras, 9 out of 16 for 165 and a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Eric uh, Falkendall, Five catches, 85 yards and a touchdown. Domingo, uh, I'm sorry, Dominic Casillas, two catches, 63 yards, and a score for the Knights. Uh, Estrada, again, 470 total yards on the night. To Hanks is 249. And the stat of the night, uh, Estrada came into the ball game averaging under 80 yards per game rushing. Tonight, 291 yards on the ground, two players over 100 yards. Total domination, believe it or not, on the ground by the Estetta Indians. Next week, Estetta will host the Kennedy Eagles, and uh, Hanks is going to be off next week. They've got to buy. They return to play on Friday, the 22nd of October, at those same Kennedy Eagles. Final score here from Excalibur Stadium, Estetta all over Hanks, 
by the tune of 42 to 14. And Bo, Steve Escajeda embedding Beatles jokes in his uh, <laughs> Tommy Ringo, Ringo, and uh, was it uh, Day in the Life? Or Google those two things and see what you come up with. No uh, Googling aside, uh, Bowie's Beatty Samang Stadium. Bowie was gonna, uh, about to punt the ball back to the Irvin Rockets. Irvin jumps offside, doesn't get the first down, but gets him within fourth and one, wow. and Andy Vella rolls the dice. Quarterback keep, they pick it up. Bowie, first and ten, run out the clock. Game done. Irvin done as well. The Bowie Bears, the first time in a couple of years, have a W in their ledger. They beat Irvin 35-28 to at Bowie's Beatty Samang, and the crowd goes wild. What a big win for the Bowie Bears over the Irvin Rockets. Yeah, it's been a tough start to district, and Irvin falls to 0-3, but Bowie gets their first win of the year. 35-28 over the Irvin Rockets. Bowie will now travel to El Paso High next week. That should be an interesting game. The Bowie Bears, hey, this, against the struggling El Paso High Tigers, could Bowie really be 2-2 two and two in district? Wow. Irvin Rockets, meanwhile, oh, boy, that's, that's a tough one to start. It looks like they have a bye. Oh, no, they host the Austin Panthers. So should be interesting there. But the, for the Bowie Bears and El Paso High Tigers next week. Ooh. Hey, let's head out to... Jeremy Karakov, we have an update and a final from El Paso High. And, oh, we got J.D. We have an update from J.D. Sursley and Horizons Emperor Stadium. J.D., take it away. All right. A minute and 26 seconds left in the fourth quarter. We finally got some good defense to play. Uh, the second fumble recovery enforced by Chapin. And like I said in the in the first half, without having a true kicker and having to go for two points the whole game, you know, Chapin is probably trying to drive to win the game instead of just in the clock. Um, Horizon missing all those points at the end. It is 56-52, Chapin over Horizon, a minute and 26 seconds left. All right, J.D., thank you so much. What an exciting finish there. That's going to be a fun one. We got an... We have a final out at Cougar Stadium between Franklin and Eastlake for a wrap-up of our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Let's join Alex Nicholas for a wrap-up of Eastlake and Franklin. Alex. It's all over here at Franklin High School. The Franklin Cougars start district play 3-0 and as they defeat the Eastlake Falcons 46-22. to This one was all about Cameron Bird, another solid performance by Franklin's quarterback, I have him 13 of 22 passing, 280 yards, threw for four touchdowns, ran for another two scores, and his poise, his pocket presence, and the ability to just sling it, step it in those throws with the accuracy, that was the key. And that's really the difference tonight was quarterback play. Uh, Got to give a big shout-out to Bo Sparks. He had six catches, 99 yards, and two touchdowns. He's, his matchup today was Alfonso Monseta, one of the best cover corners in 1-6A, came into this game with three interceptions, and Bo Sparks just shred him through the air tonight. Also, Miles McWhorter, 22 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Had two catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. Elijah Uribe, who's now we can say he's Eastlake starting quarterback, 14 of 31 passing, 172 yards, two interceptions, both picked off by Franklin's Ryan Woodruff. Also had 189 rushing yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Chavez, five catches, 58 yards, a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown in this one. For Franklin, this is their 199th win in school history. They moved to 3-0 and on the season. They will face Socorro next week, 
and for Eastlake. The schedule gets a little bit more difficult going forward. Next week, they'll have Eastlake. Eastlake, they still have Montwood on the schedule for Franklin. They've already played Montwood. They've already played Eastlake. They've already played Eastwood. So the rest of the schedule lays out perfectly on paper for the Franklin Cougars. So signing off here from Franklin High School, Franklin, a victorious 46-22 win over the Eastlake Falcons. Alex, thank you very much. What a win for the Franklin Cougars in our game of the week, improving to 3-0 in district, 46-22 over the East Lake Falcons. Alex, we'll see you at the Union Draft House on Sunland Park. Great job. We have a final out at Jefferson Silver Fox Stadium. Let's go out to Jeremy Caraco for a wrap-up of El Paso High and Jeff. Jeremy. Yeah, it's a final and a purely dominating and shocking a win for the Jefferson Silver Foxes over the El Paso High Tigers, 55-0. to zero. They do get the shutout. Uh, led leading the way for the Silver Foxes was Nathan Alcala. He had four touchdowns, uh, 12 completions for, sorry, 12 rushes for 81 yards on the ground and four scores, as I mentioned, 11 and 18 through the air for 122. Two touchdowns and just one blemish with that interception. Arturo Rubio, another star. These two very much led way for Jefferson, 23 rushes for 202 yards unofficially for Arturo Rubio and two scores. And for El Paso, um, pretty much uh, a disastrous night, pretty much to sum it up for El Paso. They were unable to move the ball once they were able to get in the red zone. Uh, it seems like they just became shell-shocked and unable to uh, get much done. Six turnovers on the night. Jerry Chides did put up 73 yards on six out of 17 through the air. And that would be the final. So for Jefferson, the Silver Fox is moving to five and two, two and one. They will have a bye week next week before facing Austin um, on October 29th, which is summing up to be a pretty big District Two Five A matchup there. And for El Paso, their upstart momentum falls tonight in a disappointing effort. They will host Bowie though, uh, in a, who just picked up their first win, as you guys mentioned, since 2019 tonight with a good win over Urban. So, guys, so the final from Jefferson Silver Fox Stadium, it was completely dominated for the Silver Fox, 55-0 over El Paso. All right. All right, Jeremy, thank you very much. What a game there. We'll see you at the Union Draft House on Sunland Park. We have some more finals, especially from the Land of Enchantment. Oregon Mountain tops Gadsden 34-29. And Anthony, the Wildcats. Wow, what a game over Tornillo. 71-7. to Holy moly, Anthony Wildcats improved to 4-3 and three overall while Tornillo falls to 0-7. Oh we have an update from Americus and Coronado at the sack. 42-6, Americus cruising over the Coronado T-Birds. Let's head back out to J.D. Sursley, our last reporter on the beat at Horizons Emperor Stadium for an update on Chapin and Horizon. J.D. All right, the game is over. Chapin 56, Horizon 52. Um, Mason Stenderfer was obviously the MVP of the game, well over 350 yards passing. Um, Horizon with the miss, you know, no field goals, no two-point conversions, missing them, obviously came and bit them at the end and couldn't, couldn't keep up. Jacob Hakihas was uh, the standalone guy at the end with a pair of touchdowns towards the end, but um, obviously... Uh, Mason Sanderford with his uh, his play made Chapin get the win. 
All right, JD, thank you very much. What a huge win for the Chapin Huskies. Huh. What a back and forth game. Remember, they're up early on, 14 to 7. Uh, Horizon is, and then Chapin comes back to take a one point halftime lead. And then it's back and forth, like JD said early on, throwing haymakers left and right. Ernie Garcia probably had 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. And a like. kickoff return, absolutely right, for a score. <laughs> I tell you what, what it, what's really big for is, you know, you don't root for teams, but I'm glad to see for Chapin they're able to continue the momentum. They've been playing well uh, three, four games in a row now. And if they stub their toe here against Horizon, I mean, who cares, not a district game. But you lose to Horizon, and I think it, it takes a lot of the wind out of their sails. Now they have a big win, a come-from-behind win in a close game, a shootout, and they were able to hold on for that. They get a week off, and then it's time to start the Super 5A season. We all say Del Valle is the the king of that roost, but, uh, you know, they're going to have to prove it. And now there's a Chapin team uh, feeling pretty good about itself uh, as uh, as they enter district play. In fact, I think that's the game. Chapin Del Valle head-to-head in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. What a big win. 56-52 Chapin over Horizon, improving to 4-3 and three on the season while Horizon falls to 2-4. and four. Chapin, once again, a big bye week next week. Feeling good about themselves heading into the bye week. We're going to wrap things up. we got final scores everywhere. A scoreboard next. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Football Friday Night right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Welcome back to Football Friday Night, Week 7 edition. We got final scores all across the board. Let's head down the line in our Cisco Movers Game of the Week. Franklin tops Eastlake 46-22. Franklin improves to 3-0 District 16A. Three big wins there, too. The Andrus Eagles hold on to beat Bel Air 48-42. Andrus led that at halftime 48-7. But 48-42, Andrus over Bel Air is your final. At Canateo's Lowenberg Stadium, the Eagles top Parkland 28-14. Down to the Cotton Valley Classic between Clinton Fabens, the Lions top the Wildcats 22-6. Isleta all over Hanks at Excalibur Stadium 42-14. Jefferson shutting out the El Paso High Tigers winning 55-0. And the Austin Panthers, well, surprising the Burgess Mustangs a little bit, winning 27-14. Austin improves to 1-1 in district. Burgess falls to 2-1 in district 4-3 overall. And in a barn burner at Emperor Stadium, the Chapin Huskies top the Horizon Scorpions 56 52. Elsewhere earlier today at the sack, Pebble Hills topped Socorro 63-0. The late game of the sack, this one's still in the fourth quarter. Americus leads Coronado 42-6. El Dorado falls at Fort Stockton 23-17. Fort Stockton improves to 6-1. El Dorado falls to 3-4. Del Valle also shocked in California. The Central Union Spartans top Del Valle 36-28. 
Dovai falls to 5-2 overall. The Bowie Bears hold on for their first victory of the season. They defeat the Irvin Rockets 35-28. The Riverside Rangers put up 65 at Sinelli, winning 65-7. The Cathedral Fighting Irish improved to 5-2 overall, winning 68-0 over Chaparral. Over in the Land of Enchantment, Oregon Mountain tops Gadsden 34-29. The Las Cruces Bulldogs top Hobbs 34-28. And the Mayfield Trojans, they defeat the Goddard Rockets and come from behind fashion 20-13. Centennial all over Carlsbad shutting out the Cavemen 35-0. And Anthony, yes, the little Anthony Wildcats, they put up 71 on Tornillo, winning 71 to seven and Santa Teresa shuts out Rio Grande 48 nothing now time for our Longhorn distributing out-of-town scoreboard Paul thanks a lot Bo District 26a Midland Legacy moves to five and one on the season 68 28 all over all over Wolforth friendship it falls to four and three one and two in the district legacy of course two and oh perfecto in three weeks of district play Elsewhere, the Battle of the Odessa's Permian for a uh, second consecutive week comes away with a victory, 5-2 and two on the season, 2-1 and one as they beat Odessa High, 48-29. to 29. Midland and San Angelo Central, that was a Thursday game. Central for the second straight week showed up, 41-17. to 17, They take down Midland High. Central 1-2 in the district, Midland 1-1. One one. Off to the 5As, the Battle of Amarillo, Tascosa. Better than Amarillo High, battle of five and one teams, 34 to 22. Tascosa with the big win. Remember, they hung 82 points last week in a win against Lubbock. So, you know, maybe Amarillo should still feel pretty good about themselves for hanging uh, with the Big Brothers. Uh, Thursday night game, Caprock beats Monterey 28 to 7. Monterey falls to 1 and 2 in the district, 3 and 4 overall. Caprock 2 and 4, 1 and 1. Also, uh, well, tonight's game, 49 to 6. Lubbock gets smashed again, this time by Lubbock Coronado. The Battle of Lubbock's Coronado moves to 2 and 1 in the district. Uh, Lubbock falls to 0 and 3. To Division 2, Canyon Ranting. They beat Wichita Falls, move to 4 and 2 in the season. District opener for all of these clubs. Plainview and Cooper, Lubbock Cooper, 55-27. to They beat Plainview. Remember, Cooper's only loss this year to Wolford Friendship, 14-13. to They moved to 5-1 on the season. Plainview falls to 1-5. Wichita Falls Ryder in a close one holds off Abilene Wiley. They stay undefeated, 6-0, 34-19. Wiley falls to 2-4. Down to the 4As, District 2-4A. Canyon High beats Andrews, 29-20. Canyon goes 6-1, Andrews 2-5. Pampa all over Big Spring in the Battle of Five and Ones, 58 to 7. Pampa moves to 6 and 1. Big Spring falls to 5 and 2. And uh, correcting bad information as per usual, Chapin doesn't open in two weeks uh, against Del Valle. They open, of course, with Bel Air, which leaves Del Valle going to the sack two Fridays from now. That'll be a good one. Del Valle and El Dorado open the, the Super 15A season. That should be a good one. We're going to put a bow on this when we come back. Football Friday night. That was our out-of-town scoreboard brought to you by Longhorn Distributing. Our player of the game brought to you by Taco Avocat. Need a new spot to try? Experience Taco Avocat for feel-good fast food. Family packs available for the big game or stop by their drive through and grab Taco Avocat to go. Wear your school colors and receive 10% off at Taco Avocat. Dine in at 2114 North Zaragoza or order online at tacoavocat.com. 
Sports.com. We're going to take a break and put a bow on week seven next on Football Friday Night. This football season and for all your sports watching, there's only one place to be in the Sun City, the Union Draft House. Three locations in town, far west in the Cimarron Plaza, east on Tierra Este, and the newest location on Sunland Park next to the mall, Union Draft House. A hundred beers on tap, feast on their handcrafted food, and stay to watch the big game, pizzas, wings, and beer. Family friendly, perfect for a night out and a great time with friends. The Union Draft House, the after-party spot of Football Friday Night. Learn more on Facebook and Instagram at Union Draft House. Cisco Movers, El Paso's local moving experts. As a family-owned and operated company, Cisco Movers is happy to work with families on their next move, big or small. Whether it's moving all the prized belongings to the new dorm, moving for a new career, or storing furniture and other items in a safe location, Cisco Movers can help. Affordable and trustworthy. That's the Cisco Movers way. Make your next move hassle-free. No hidden fees, no travel costs. Cisco Movers. Get started with a free quote online at CiscoMovers.com. Cisco Movers, the best move you'll make in El Paso. We don't want to live forever. We just want to live right now. They said, if you drink, you will die. My uncle went like this to the doctor. Oh. Yeah, man, let's go. He sees me one time. He thinks he knows me. George Lopez in the OMG High Comedy Tour. This Saturday night, 7 p.m., Abraham Chavez Theater. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster or 915-534-0600. Don't miss George Lopez Live. Prescription products require an online consultation. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Think you might have ED? ED is common. But the solution is simple. Forhims.com. I didn't have to talk to a doctor in person, and the medication was shipped right to my door. Get access to doctors online who can prescribe you FDA-approved ED medication if appropriate. The same active ingredient as name brands, but 90% cheaper. Rise to the occasion or your money back. Go to forhimscom slash joy to get your first visit free. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash joy. As you prepare to touch down in Dallas, you realize you've won the Dallas Cowboys touchdown flyaway. DLAQ presents free trips to every Dallas Cowboys home game. You could be flying away to Dallas with round trip airfare for two, game tickets, hotel, plus $100 spending money. The Dallas Cowboys touchdown flyaways. Register now at all five comforts and locations. All three, yes, we do family hair centers. Legacy Wellness CBD. On Red Road. All seven, Oscar Arrieta All State Agency locations. Tortuga Sports Lounge. On Shadow Mountain. Chase the Taste. Northeast on Gateway South. And West. With Desert at Mesa. Upper Valley Urgent Care Center. Next to Adventure Zone. Taco Level Cot. On Zaragoza. Burger Bros. 9300 Acer. Off flight count at I-10. And Border City Ale House. 1506 Lead Trevino. Prescott. He runs to the pylon. He runs it in. Sign up before October 21st to see the Cowboys host the Denver Broncos. Sunday, November 7th, celebrate with Miller Lite. The only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Full details at KLAQ.com. You're listening to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's go back to Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon. Thank you, and welcome back to Football Friday Night as we wrap things up here. Week 7 of the high school football season, we still have one game in the fourth quarter. The America's Trailblazers and Coronado T-Birds, the second game of a doubleheader at the sack. The, T- the, the Trailblazers yeah. lead the T-Birds 
56 to 6 in the fourth quarter, about five minutes to go. Yeah, I think that one. I think I'm going to call that one. I and think you not should. for the Thunderbirds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. America's likely proved to 2 and 1 in district, while Coronado Falls to 1 and 2. So that district now stacked as we take a look at next week. So America's now at 2 and 1, an no exciting doubt. one, the first game of a doubleheader Friday night. Uh, Eastwood and East Lake. Well, I should say Thursday night, as we're speaking of Americas, they're going to host Montwood at the SAC on Thursday night. That should be a fun one. It's a big game. We're talking about five teams that are that are playoff worthy looking for four spots. So, yeah, that's huge. Speaking of 6A, Eastwood and East Lake at the SAC, the 4 p.m. kickoff game on Friday. That's going to be a fun one, almost like a playoff play-in game almost. Who's going to win that one? Uh, an exciting District 1-6A. But then we t- – uh, what do you say? No, I was just going to say, uh, the, I guess the one positive in Eastwood, uh, you know, they're out at the sack again. They were just there Thursday and had a good experience getting past Montwood. Uh, 30 – what was that? 35-28, something in that vicinity. 33-27, yeah. Close Eastwood enough. over Montwood, so we're close. But then we go down to 5A, an exciting one, intriguing game. Can the Burgess Mustangs – Possibly shock the Andrus Eagles. The Mustangs will host Andrus 7 p.m. at Mustang Stadium. That's going to be a fun one. Well, again, this might be a case. You know, Burgess has had success with Andrus recently. I mean, the last time they were on the field together, you know, Burgess had their way with them. Yeah, I, if, Andrus looks like much the better team tonight, but what are we looking at? Look how Andrus collapsed in the second half tonight against Bel Air. Was it a lack of interest, or did Bel Air just figure something out? And Andrus has holes in their team. And Burgess was moribund. Uh, 27-7, to most of that contest. They scored a touchdown late to maybe get close. On, on the, I guess, one positive for them, if, if you can call this a good thing, Tavares Jones under the weather night, sick kid. I think he only carried the ball uh, six times, according to uh, what Jaime Chavez told us. Maybe, maybe as many as nine times. That's not a lot of carries. And that would be indicative of a guy who's, who's not healthy. When Tavares Jones is healthy... He's uh, one heck of a weapon, and that'll. I guess that's the nice part about the matchup. You have two of the premier athletes, maybe the two premier athletes in the city, Tavares Jones on one side for the Burgess Mustangs, Jeremiah Cooper on the other side for the Andrus Eagles. You know, it'll be fun. And if Burgess is able to pull something off, you know, it could be for a district title, another shared district title in District 25A. Yeah, it is. Uh, individually, uh, an exciting matchup there. Uh, individually at Mustang Stadium. Another fun one, I think this could be cool. Burgess, or I should say Bowie, after a very tough start to the season, the Bowie Bears travel to R.R. Jones Stadium, face the El Paso High Tigers. Suddenly the Bowie Bears could possibly win their second in a row, pick up their second district victory. Who would have thought that (laughs) two weeks ago? (laughs) No, absolutely. Who would have thought it two hours ago? But, uh, you know, Bowie, big second half, and they're able to hold off Irvin. Wow. Wow, poor Irvin. Uh, they've fallen and they and they can't get up. Uh, uh, the guys who are co <laughs> tri district champs uh, a year ago, that's not going to happen for them this yeah. year. Uh, probably not even going to make the playoffs now. Zero and three in that district. Bowie and El Paso is uh, going to be fun. I'm not sure either of those teams will make the playoffs either tonight. A big loss for El Paso High. I mean, it's early in the season. El Paso just one and one. But Jeff, one of the teams they needed to beat, and uh, Jeff really got over on them tonight. And and wow, what a what a what a feature win that is for Jeff. Remember, they've also beaten Irvin. Those are the teams they're going to be fighting for that fourth and final playoff spot with. Jeff might have punched their ticket tonight. You still got to show up the next few weeks, but this is really a big night for the Jefferson Sil- Silver Foxes. Absolutely. Other uh, games in action uh, next week, Austin 
will travel to Irvine. Canatia will travel down to the reservation, face the Isleta Indians. And then Parkland will host Horizon. Over in 4A, Riverside will host Favens. Boy, Riverside looks really, really tough, especially in that district. And Clint will host Mountain View. That should be a fun one in 4A. Up in the land of enchantment, Oregon Mountain will host Hobbs. Chaparral Lobos will host the Mayfield Trojans. Santa Teresa will host Deming. Crane will host Anthony. Remember, Anthony put up 71 today on Tornillo. Poor Tornillo will travel to Alpine. Uh, so, fun one Saturday, a cathedral will host TMI Episcopal from San Antonio. And then the Centennial Hawks will host Las Cruces Bulldogs at 1 p.m. Saturday at the Field of Dreams. So, an exciting week. Next week, we have in store week eight. Week eight. <laughs> the high school football season right around the corner. For Paul McKinnon, producer Angel Munoz, I'm Bo Bagley. As we wrap up Football Friday Night, we say thanks for tuning in here to 600 ESPN El Paso. Been a fun high school football week, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great night. You've been listening to Football Friday Night with Bo Bagley and Paul McKinnon on 600 ESPN El Paso. Don't forget to follow the Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram at 600 ESPN El Paso. Visit us online at 600ESPNElPaso.com for all of the latest regarding your high school football reports and more. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to Football Friday Night on 600 ESPN El Paso.